This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hello, one and all. This is a very, very special and probably a little overdue episode of the IPC podcast. Longtime listeners know it as the Intergalactic Peace Coalition. They also know that we have aired on so many different platforms that I've kind of lost count, but this one is coming to you from Zach Arnold Productions, and I am Zach Arnold, so I'm glad to be here with you all for this 365th episode. That's what makes it so damn special. If you listened to one episode of IPC every day for a calendar year, you would have enough episodes and then some, if you count some of our crossover and bonus pods, to last you an entire calendar year. And it only took us almost a decade to accomplish. But here (laughs) we are, and we've got a lot on the docket for you on this episode. We're going to be talking about what we've been watching. We're going to be talking about biopics. We're going to be talking about vacation spots and, of course, barbecue. But I can't do that alone. History has shown that doing a solo broadcast of this type is always a bad idea. So coming back after an absent month, we just couldn't get the stars to align, but we got our schedules lined up this time around. My lovely wife, Edna, helped out with the previous episode talking about Barbenheimer. But for the month of September, Benny Boy is back. Mr. Ben Hart, so glad to get to catch up with you, man. Oh, it's it's even more of a pleasure now to catch up with you because it has been so dang long. Um, special thanks to Edna for filling in for me last month. Um, I enjoyed that episode very much. So um, I know she she's a bit nervous as as we all have been. OK, first time podcasting. Especially when you're just kind of thrown into the deep end like she was. <laughs> just like, here, let's just do this thing together. Um, I can imagine how she felt. Um, but I, I I said it to you privately. I'll say this is probably she, she did it magnificently for a first time. Um, and yeah, it was a great episode. Um, loved uh, hearing the discussion on Barbenheimer. And yeah, I'll, I'll be talking about some of the things that I've been doing in my absence because <clears throat> I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is like the – the first podcast I've done in like two and a half months. Oh wow! So it's been a minute, guys. Um, since maybe you've heard my voice. Um, and maybe I'll get into the reasons why I've been absent. I've been in exile. I have been. Um, but um, yeah, it's been a weird, wild few months. Um, and I'm just, I'm just glad to be back. I'm glad to be doing this again. Um, because uh, yeah, lots going on in the world. Lots going on in the entertainment industry in particular. But um. Yeah, we didn't want to keep you guys in the dark any longer. We, we were itching to get back to the IPC and do this once more, and we got an awesome episode lined up for you guys tonight. 
We do. We do. And uh, I, I guess it, it doesn't hurt to to briefly discuss some of the current events and the hopefully positive news that was released in a joint statement about an hour ago. Did you see that statement? I saw something about, I believe, the WGA had there was some talks being had or about to be had for the for the first time in a while. Discussions have finally reopened. For those of you who don't know, there's been a pretty substantial strike going on in Hollywood and people like um, Drew Barrymore have been taking a lot of flack for the way that they've been handling it. Um, But there was a joint statement that was released by the WGA and the AMPTP saying simply this. The WGA and the AMPTP met for bargaining today and will meet again tomorrow. So not only were there some sort of preliminary conversations that took place, but those conversations are due to continue. So hopefully they progress to a point where strikes are no longer needed, where standing in solidarity is no longer needed, where a fair and equitable deal is arranged and Ben, that's largely the reason why you have been taking a step back is just because you know so many creatives in the industry that um, for the longest time, it's felt like it hasn't been the right time to uh, to, to try to get back to the airwaves. But right. um, hopefully this is a step in the right direction. And uh, we don't really profit anything off of IPC anyways. It's not like we sell advertisements or anything like that. We just talk about some of the people that, you know, individually contribute to our show. And so maybe IPC has a little more leeway to get back on the airwaves and 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 do some stuff than some other projects that uh, that some people are a part of. Cause for some people it's their income. It's yeah. their it's it's yeah. their bread and butter. And um they're the ones that are really sacrificing a lot. And so I, I appreciate and respect what you've been doing these last few weeks. But if you want to, please feel free to share your your perspective on this whole thing. Yeah. So as I said, it's been a weird time, especially to be a Star Wars fan. Just be a fan of anything in Hollywood, because I think we all we all hold – I think all of us nerds hold Hollywood into somewhat of a high esteem. We appreciate all the creators from the directors, producers, even, yes, the executives who make this stuff happen. And, you know, it's disappointing now that we've gotten to the stage where, you know, the the actors and the writers have both gone had to go on strike. Um, and that's left a lot of us kind of in the wind in regards to what to do and how do we things we've been looking to the unions to kind of figure, OK, how do we properly stand in solitary? How do we properly be supportive of what they're doing. Um, and there's been some conflicting reports. I'll just, I'll, to, to put it mildly, there's been some, um, just a lot of confusion and stuff like that. But a lot of, a lot of particularly Star Wars podcasts have pretty much gone off air for the, for the next little while uh, while this is all going on. Star Wars Underworld podcast is among them. Uh, we decided, not because we really had to, we just decided, hey, we're just going to take a step back. We don't have to do this podcast L- like the IPC really don't make any money off of it. It's not something that we have to do. It's something we want to do as a hobby and maybe a little bit of solidarity. It, it means to give up something we really enjoy to show solidarity to what they're doing. Um, so right now, SWU 
is off air. Hopefully we'll be back for too long. We are doing stuff on our Discord. If you are listening um, and you were like, where's – I've had so many messages of people going like, I haven't got an episode in my feed since July. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm sorry. But we do have stuff we're doing. We've been hanging out on Discord talking about that new show, the new Ahsoka show. It's been very weird as a Star Wars fan to watch a Star Wars show and just not talk about it <laughs> on a public forum. Um, real weird. But um, hopefully this means – hopefully these new reports mean that there's some traction being gained. I think that they're coming up on – I think the WGA strike will be the longest in history, I think, within the first week of October, which is mind-boggling to think. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting time. But um, we at IPC, obviously, we talked about it, and we said, hey, we want to come back because I genuinely – I know – the fandom is hurting right now. The fandom is really in a bad spot. All fandoms, but particularly Star Wars fandom, um, you know, not knowing what to do and not how to properly process all this and wanting to support the people that make the stuff, but also being like, hey, Disney, y'all being big jerks here. You should pay your people and treat them well. And, mm -hmm. you know, and I personally have been just like, I, I don't really feel like going on to a Star Wars podcast and going, yay, Star Wars, when Disney the people that own Star Wars are not being the best at this. So right. stepping away from it has been – I guess it's been weird, but also I felt good about it. But also I want to come back to IPC because we don't have to talk about just Star Wars. We can talk about anything right. we want, and tonight's um, topics are kind of very much in that vein of – we're not really talking about holiday. We're going to talk about some stuff we watched, and I've watched a lot of stuff in the interim, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. So, um, which is – weird for me but i guess it's just the fact that i've i've had extra time without as yes. many podcasting in my life to watch more stuff and also i've just i've just i guess i've just been managing my time better than i have actually had time to watch stuff but um yeah it's been weird it's been wild but um we are the ipc podcast will carry on because we know you know it's it's rough these these monthly episodes we wish we could do more but right now that's what we got but we are going to deliver on that okay we're going to give you the best episode possible here in the month of September oh yeah for sure for sure and and what's cool is pretty much everything that we're going to be reviewing is stuff that was well not even reviewing i wouldn't even call any of what we've got on tap tonight to be a review um but the stuff that we're going to be discussing is all stuff that was created within the scope of the previous um, guild agreements. Right, exactly. So, so nothing that we're reviewing is stuff that was created by a scab, is nothing that was outside of uh, the bounds of what was previously agreed upon. Nothing so, created by AI, I don't think. <laughs> no, no, I don't believe so. So none of none of those factors that are contributing to um, the current situation are things that we're really going to be discussing and or addressing. So hopefully that also keeps it kosher, and hopefully the fact that we're not really profiting off of this is another thing that keeps it on the up and up. So you know we're we're trying to strike that balance of like you said, Ben, being supportive but also finding a way to get some creative content out there. And Steven Schinder, one of our most loyal listeners in the chat already here on Mixler, saying, when you think about it, IPC is a vacation spot. <laughs> well, this can be your little oasis away from the madness as is the world right now. This little, this little two and a half hour thing we're about to do can just be, just turn off the world and uh, let's sit back, relax, get you a, a margarita pretend there's sand underneath your feet and uh enjoy it 
I didn't have to pretend any of those things um, over this past weekend. I noticed this. And this is part of what contributed to this uh, particular conversation. Um, I celebrated my one-year anniversary with my wife. Which just blows my mind. It feels like just yesterday that happened, and the fact that you guys are are one year in is just – congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. It it was it was such a whirlwind of a year with so many things happening, um, but we were able to find a way to take time for ourselves and go away to the Miami area for uh, just a brief three day weekend. We arrived like um, Saturday at like one o'clock and we left on Monday at like three o'clock. So, I mean, we were there for literally like 48 hours or something like 48, 50 hours. And boy, did we make the most of it. Oh, man, I got to tell you, this this may be getting ahead of myself a little bit, but um, for for as little time as we spent there, we maximized our enjoyment. That's great. Went went to the beach, um, went to a couple of different entertainment districts, went to a casino, went on an open bar harbor cruise that showed us celebrities' houses in the Miami area. (laughs) That's great. And the the tickets for this open bar cruise were about sixty five bucks a person. And the reason being, it was open bar. You didn't have to pay for the individual drinks. You could just go up to the bar, order what you wanted, and keep listening to them tell you that you were passing by Will Smith's house or Shakira's house or whatever. Um, so the bar menu was still there, and I could see. You know, the beers were like six bucks and the cocktails were like 10 bucks and what have you. So we kind of challenged ourselves to find a way to break even as best as possible if you get my drift. And we started ordering cocktail after cocktail after cocktail. And by the time it was done, we had drank over one ticket's worth of alcohol. <laughs> the tickets were 65 and I added it up and we drank about 75 bucks worth of liquor that night. Oh, <laughs> so that was a really fun night. Just drinking the night away, taking pictures. Uh, it was it was cool. But just being able to spend that quality time and, and be um, away on a vacation, if you will, was one of the things that sparked uh, tonight's episode, as well as the fact that, Ben, you are so well-traveled. You've been to nearly every state in the United States and have um, just seen so many fantastic places. It just th- – this felt like an appropriate conversation within the realm of IPC, but also didn't um, force us to discuss pop culture too, too much either. Yeah, it almost felt unfair as, as, much, as much traveling – that I've done that uh, I would I would be the one to suggest this topic, <laughs> um, but um, I was I was a bit more encouraged by the fact that you have been doing some traveling lately. Um, so I was more encouraged. Like you you you've been some places recently, and uh, hopefully you'll have some really good answers. And and it, and it sounds like maybe a couple of them will end up on your list tonight. It's very possible. It's very possible. And what's cool is it's it's my wife that's been encouraging me to uh, get out more. And so. Um, thankfully she sent in a list as well, and we'll get to all of those and then some, but we do like to kick off the 
episodes that we do monthly now with a, a Edna component so that she's a part of the show. She was part of the show. She was on the show yeah. last month. But when she's not, we do this thing called the Edna's Icebreaker. And here we're doing it 16 minutes into the podcast. But we're going <laughs> to do it, damn it. And her, Icebreaker for the icebreaker. Her, her icebreaker question this month is a pretty interesting one, considering how many biopics have been made recently. You know, uh, Rami Malek won Best Actor for Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, Oppenheimer is like the highest grossing biopic of all time. And there's there's just there's there's a lot of this going on right now. And uh, her icebreaker question for you and I tonight, Ben, is what celebrity would you want to play you in a biopic about your life? What celebrity would you want to play you in a biopic about your life? Yeah, this is this is an interesting question. If you don't mind me going first with this, because I kind of have an answer. By all kinda. means, because I I don't really have an answer. So please, <laughs> I have I have a couple of answers. So my first answer is something that's stuck in my head for a while. I think someone wrote into Star Wars Underworld and said, "Oh, hey." If they ever did a Star Wars Underworld podcast movie, they would cast me as Timothy Chalamet. And this is be- this is well before Dune and everything like that. This is for like Tim. This is like Timothy Chalamet was like coming up in the world. He wasn't quite as well known. I don't even know. Okay. I knew really knew who he was at that time. But it's always stuck with me. I'm just like, yeah, thanks. Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. I kind of get it. He's kind of a. He's just he's. He's he's just a dude. He's just a dude. Um, he's obviously uh much more handsome than I am. Okay, let's just be honest. Um, <laughs> it's 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 the elephant in the room. Let's just put it out there. Um, I was looking at people's ages, and uh, let's see, Timothy Chalamet, like he's I think he young. Yeah, he's he's somewhat younger than I am. Um, he's 27. Um, so I was like, okay, if I had to pick, who would I pick? And I started. I, I googled redheaded actors. <laughs> I'm like, okay, let's go straight to the puncher. See who who out there has is a natural ginger like me. And mm-hmm. um, I the first the one that I landed on that was a similar age to me. And of course, not just like I guess the biopic would about be about me now instead of me in the past. Because you, you'd have to like, okay, is it about me my childhood and then my, when I'm a teenager? Like would they have have different actors? Like there's a whole – logistically it's, it's a nightmare, okay? It's a lot of moving pieces. But I'm just focusing on which actor would portray me now the best. I settled on Rupert Grint. I, See, I, I, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it in <laughs> case that wasn't the direction you were going. I was low-key kind of hoping that you would say something like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> Well, that would probably work too. Rupert Grant, he's 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 I don't know. He think he kind of have we have the similar same the similar face shape, obviously similar hair, um, and um, we're about the same age. So, and I just I seeing that I think I'm I'm hoping he can do American accent. I know Rupert Grant's doing a lot of stuff lately. Um, mm-hmm. I would assume he could. Not just an American accent, a southern American accent, if you know what I mean. Um, so um, I, that's my take. That's my take on that is uh, either either Timothy Jalamain. If you can't get Timothy Jalamain, get Rupert Grant, okay, in my biopic, please. Okay. Okay. I I can see both of those. I can. Um, I'm I'm currently right now opening up a page that's just – 
actors in their 30s. <laughs> It's probably a long list <laughs> because I just turned 30. And so I want somebody who is over the age of 30 to uh, to participate in in my biopic. But the problem is I'm having a really hard time, like actually coming up. OK, so I would actually somebody. it's a shame we didn't get Edna's opinion on this because I would actually love to hear what she has to say. Like what what's what, who's her pick? I think she might be tuning in, so if we stall long enough, maybe she'll say. <laughs> she said Come she on, might and the, give, he's he's treading water here. Give him something. Um, he I, doesn't want to cast himself in the, the, okay, in the Zach well, Arnold, the Zap biopic. Well, okay, here's here's the thing though. I see a couple of possibilities. I just don't know if I'm getting like a swelled head by thinking <laughs> that you know this person would be down to. To look, actually look, play me in Rupert a movie. Grant and Timothy Chalamet, like two of the most handsome men in Hollywood. So, like, come on. Okay, well, what about somebody like Joe Keery from Stranger Things? I could see that, actually. I could really see that. I think he has your energy. He he he's only a year older than me and an inch shorter than me. He's he's five eleven and thirty one years old. And I think if you gave him a haircut. I, and a Whataburger I, hat. Yeah. And maybe like a Whataburger trucker's hat. You know, that that's that's very much a possibility. But then as far as like hairstyle and facial features are concerned, there's also um, Freddie Highmore, who um, he plays, uh, what's it, The Good Doctor on ABC. Oh, okay. He's he's a little quirky, a little nerdy, and uh, he's five foot ten and he's 31, so... Um, I think those two are probably like the leading possibilities. But, you know, when I was younger, I was really into um, The Walking Dead and I became kind of like a like a prepper type of person. <laughs> and um, yeah. and I, I still do some of that. But um, some people thought that if there was going to be a biopic that I was involved in, we, we were doing fan casting for somebody else's biopic one time years ago. And we were all watching the walking dead together and everybody somehow collectively agreed that I would be played by Norman Reedus. Who is oh Daryl yeah. from the walking dead. And um, that kind of stuck with me i was like man if i was just a little bit older like if we were doing like a future me type of thing i would be so down for that but i think the man is like 50 now or something so there's a bit of an age gap in there but yeah he'd play you in the future future post-apocalyptic you maybe maybe okay so my wife did text me and she says you could probably be played by chris pratt which is extremely flattering but you know, no, I could see it. I could see that, too. Like he does kind of have that energy. Like I I kind of see it. Um, the question is, are we talking like Parks and Recreation fat ass Chris Pratt or Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy Star Lord Chris Pratt? Like, are we talking <laughs> are we talking the, the Chris with a gut or are we talking <laughs> the Chris with the look, abs? Look. No fat shaming here, okay? No fat shaming. Everybody, no matter – we love – we we here at IPC love love every version of Chris Pratt, okay? The oh, fat, wow. skinny, buff, ripped, doesn't matter, okay? Here's, here's the thing. All, you, they're all created equal. If you didn't appreciate him at his Andy Dwyer, then you don't deserve him at his Star-Lord. Hell yeah. There you go. Oh, that's just my two cents. But – 
yeah, those are all really great possibilities. I'm not going to acknowledge Shinder's comment in the chat, even though <laughs> I was thinking it, but I was not going to say it out loud because I, I don't want him to play me. I don't. Don't want that person to play Zach Arnold in the biopic about my life. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm I'm look, I'm at the expense of triggering you. I, I, I will not mention that name. It's it's like the Voldemort of IPC. He who shall not it's, be named. Look, if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, um, it's the other Zach. It's the bane of his existence. Okay? Yeah. You should know exactly. You should know exactly who I'm talking about. Okay. I'm not gonna say anymore. I'm not gonna say anymore. <laughs> Look, see, he's already he's already growling. Okay, I can't just, can't risk it. Mm, grinding my teeth, and I'm already I'm already about to get rid of them. So, um, that's the thing is, I'm glad we're recording tonight because tomorrow I'm going to be completely incoherent, and I'm, I am having all four of my wisdom teeth taken out tomorrow. Getting them all done at once. Just knock, just knocking them all. I've out. still got a couple of mine, and they're they're um, I'm on borrow time. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I I finally bit the bullet and went and got like a tooth cleaning and an examination and all this stuff, and they were like, oh yeah, all four of them are messed up. We need to get rid of all four of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh. So instead of trying to go in on multiple occasions, they gave me the option to just knock out all four at once and take kind of a long weekend to heal. So I'm doing it on a Thursday so that I have Thursday and then they're giving me a doctor's note for Friday as well. So I'll be off work Thursday, Friday, and then I'll have the weekend as well to try to recover. So I'll hopefully be back in action by Monday, but we'll see. Some some people have said it would um, – it, it it would take that long. Some people have said they feel fine by the next day, so I I don't know. I'll do you remember? Do you remember when YouTube videos, like YouTube, was so chock full of people who were drunk off of anesthesia? That was like the viral thing <laughs> from like 2009 to 2011. Yeah, like that was like like torturing people, like convince, like taking them from the dentist. When they're all drugged up and then convincing them the world is ending, and yes. just like that was yes, that was there was some weird times. That, that internet. I mean, girl, it's always been strange on the internet, but that was weird. That poor girl whose brothers told her that the zombie apocalypse was happening, and they were like, "We're gonna have to move to Mexico." Do you know how to speak Spanish? And she's like, "I I, I can say pants." <laughs> That that I think she had. Uh, hopefully she didn't remember that because I think she would have uh, mental scars from that incident. Good lord. Oh man, I'm really hoping I don't say anything that goes viral. But and you see now we're saying this and end is listening. So who knows know. what's gonna happen tomorrow? Oh god. I know. I know. I'm I'm gonna have to like give my mom my phone or something. She's the one who's <laughs> taking me and then driving me home. So I'm gonna have to like give her my phone so that I don't live stream while I'm drunk on <laughs> anesthesia or anything. Yeah, no driving, um, no Facebook, no Twitter, um, no yeah. live streaming. Um, yeah, don't, definitely uh, not. Definitely not. Thankfully, it's not Mondo who's taking me to the dentist because if it was Mondo, I would like already be live streaming. <laughs> like, yeah, he that... would take you. He would get you drunk afterwards to just make it worse. Yes, exactly. So, but yeah, that's, that's, what's new in my life. What's, uh, what's new with you? I haven't talked to you in two months. How have you been? 
Well, I kind of talked about it. Um, I haven't been podcasting. But, but like, how's 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 personal life? Like you said, you've been watching a bit more TV. Have you been like getting caught up on stuff since you haven't had as much podcasting to do? Yeah, I think my my whole time management. I think I've 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 managed to get control of my life to a, a to certain degree um, that I feel really good about. Um, I'm not saying it's perfect. Because I had a really busy day today, it was just off the rails, and a lot of it wasn't even my fault. So I, I'm not, I'm not taking the blame for that. But um, yeah, it's been. I think that's helped. I've just, I've kind of designated certain nights. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna watch this thing. And you know, there's a show we're about to talk about that I just, I had, it had been there for a while, and I was like, I need to watch that. And so, you know, and there's some other things. Obviously, we got a new Star Wars show. There was a Marvel show not too long ago that we watched, and you know, I obviously. Um, have been paying attention to those. Um, one of them I really loved. One of them I did not. Um, I mean, we'll get into that too. But um, yeah, it's been it's been chill. It's been chill with me mostly. Mostly just chill, which I appreciate. I appreciate kind of this. You know, I don't want to get too stagnant. I don't want to get to a sure. place where I'm just like feel like I'm running in place. But also things are so crazy sometimes. It's just like I have a day where I'm just not doing anything. And this is great. <laughs> this is wonderful. I don't. I'm not busy and crazy and and pulling my hair out. I'm so stressed. Yeah, it's it's been it's been great. But um, I don't know. Some things may be changing in the next little bit, and um, I'm hoping I'm ready for it. Well, that's cool, man. That's really cool. Um, I had a little bit of downtime from like I want to say July until mid August. There was like a six week gap in there. Where I wasn't doing a whole lot, but over the summer I was doing broadcasting for um, some minor league soccer teams, and so like as soon as baseball season finished, I was going straight into soccer. And then when soccer finished, I had about four to six weeks, and now football has picked up. And so I'm doing football broadcasting here on this Mixler page and on my Facebook Live feed, and the Facebook Live has been getting so much attention. I've been and seeing that, yeah. The 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 numbers are just off the charts. We are. Over 50,000 listens since 2019, which is just amazing listenership. But then, like, pretty much every game has had a minimum of, like, 700 to 1,000 in listenership every game. And so that is just far and away um, higher than what we've had on a per-game average um, in previous years. And so I, I can't really relate to having, like, that blank day because if i have a blank day it usually means i forgot to do something but i i do um kind of appreciate the season of life that you and i seem to be in where we have the time for the things that really matter i i i don't know if that's the best way to phrase it but like we do ipc when we're able we take care of our families when we're able and we watch the shows that we want to watch without having to put it off because we've got all of these other obligations. You know what I mean? Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, it, it's a weird spot to be in, but it's also not an unwarranted, not unwelcome. Um, just, you know, it's, 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 uh, yeah, I've, I've been thinking, I just, I do a lot of thinking these days. I've always been a real big That's thinker. That's a dangerous thing, dude. But it's it's it, I feel like I can really work things out a lot of times, you know, and just try to understand um, 
life and where I'm at in the world and stuff like that. And uh, sometimes I don't get all the answers that I want. Sometimes I, I get to get to the point where I'm just like, I still don't know what's going on there and I can't figure it out. And they can't figure other people out too. And, you know, it's weird, but, you know, mm-hmm. you do, you kind of have to, I think I've learned to be more hands off. I just like let, not let things bother me because I think you get so caught up in trying to control other people and trying to control other things. And you really, I think the key to life, honestly, is just like taking a step back and going, I can't control anything. All I can focus on is what I'm doing right now. What The thing that I'm doing right now, that's all that matters. Okay. I can't control what happens tomorrow. I can't control what that person's doing or saying. It's just that. And um, stuff's going to happen. It's going to happen. You, you have no control. You just got one hand on the wheel, hopefully some days and you keep it going and try to survive this weird thing. That's called life. Well, luckily, this weird thing called life has been providing us with uh, opportunities to watch stuff. And and I guess that's the next segment we need to go ahead and get into. Right. Is, you know, instead of being all existential for another hour <laughs> or whatever, um, we do have topics that we're supposed to be talking about tonight. What? One of them is a segment that we do to help us get caught up with each other, because like you said, we, we really only get to do this once a month. And so we're going to try to make the most of it and uh, part of the way that we do that is by talking about what have we been watching now like you mentioned there is one um, particular star wars show that we're gonna briefly mention at the end um but there's some other stuff that we've been watching and what's funny is we started talking about it off the air like what have you been watching what have i been watching and there's only like two crossovers so we're gonna bookend it (laughs) we're gonna bookend it with the two things that you and I have mutually been watching. And honestly, this is what I like about that segment that we've got now, because in the past it used to be, okay, you need to have this movie watched by (laughs) September the 20th or there's no show. And now it's more like, Oh, Hey, we've both been watching this, but Oh, Hey, there's a whole bunch of stuff over here that you've been watching that I haven't. And we still get to talk about it. And so I'm I'm kind of stoked for that because I I can't wait to hear about some of the stuff you've been watching and and maybe have a little bit of a platform to talk about some of the stuff that I've been watching as little as it's been. But we can start with the uh, this is this is kind of funny. We're going to end our 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 what have we been watching segment with Star Wars and we're going to start it with Star Trek. <laughs> Strange New Worlds. Are you caught up? I am completely caught up. I caught up. I got caught up right as the series was ending. Basically, I think I think I watched oh nice the last episode right when it was when it right after it dropped, um because I I didn't because of course the season one came out one or two years ago, and I really wanted to watch the show. But I just never really made time for it, and I was like, ah, well, and then season two came around. I was like, okay, now I really need to watch this show, but I still need to find time for it. And then what really encouraged me was the fact that we had that great – because I knew there was they were doing the crossover episode between uh, the animated um, – uh, Strange yeah. New Worlds and uh, what's the name of the, the show? I'm uh, Lower Decks. Lower Decks. The Lower Decks crossover. Um, uh, th- those old scientists is the name of the episode. <laughs> and I started seeing clips. Obviously, there was trailers and stuff like that that they were really advertising. And I'm like, okay, I really want to see that. And I don't want to cheat and just watch the episode. I want to watch the entire series. So I started with with season one, 
And it took me two or three weeks, and I binged the whole thing. Um, nice. And got all the way caught up. It, it wasn't long after that episode that aired, because that was towards the end of the season, I think, when mm-hmm. uh, things. And uh, yeah, it was. I I loved it, man. It's it's a. I mean, I like Discovery. Yeah. But I think this might be better than Discovery in a lot of ways, and uh, it's just weird because it kind of sold itself as this kind of you know episodic thing that's kind of in the same vein as the the original series which i it totally is but also it does have a strong thrusting forge story that's really engaging and it kept me like every episode like it's not like every episode is self-contained it does have a little bit of a thread there and you're and you're just like i'm so engaged like i really want to watch the next episode and it was many nights where i was like Oh crap! It's too late, but I gotta watch one more episode. <laughs> oh man, that is that is one of the things that that I I really really like about the show is the characters are engaging enough that you want to find out how they grow, how they get better, how they improve, and that's only discovered through the episode by episode nature where you see that growth take place in some sort of crisis that they have to overcome. But then there are also certain times where maybe you get a flashback and you see what happens with nurse chapel and Mbenga during the Klingon war. Uh-huh. And, and so it's not just strictly following like this linear progression of episodic storytelling. You have some flashbacks and you have some side stories and you have some parallel universe exploration and things like that. But then you also have tie-ins to iconic names like Noonien Singh, who's the chief of security. And, you know, what does that mean for, you know, a, a Starfleet officer to carry a name like that? And so there's all of these really, really fantastic threads and I think one of my favorites, honestly, is the fact that Pike knows his destiny. He yeah. knows he knows what he's in for, and he's trying to figure out how to live his life until that point. He's trying to not live in fear, but also not trying to get cocky where he's like, oh, you know, I'm not going to have this happen to me for another five years, so I'm good. Like he's still got to care about himself and his relationships. He's still got to care about his crew and his mission. Like he can't stop being himself just because of a vision that he saw in the future. And it's such a really interesting thread to follow where you know his fate, he knows his fate, but you still don't know the outcome of any given scenario on any given episode. And it's strangely entertaining to see how it all plays out. Yeah, and it's amazing how well they kind of interweave. Obviously, there's some new characters um, like La'an, um, but they're kind of connected to older characters. And then there's straight up characters that this show, because I have I did some digging and I learned more about the thing, listen to the podcast, because I'm not – nearly as caught up on star trek lore as i would love like to be but you know a lot of this show is based on kind of the original pilot for star trek the original series um so you have number one 
who was kind of part of that crew and then CBS something happened and they they rebooted it and and did another pilot that ended up becoming the original series but then that kind of became the backstory for the original series and you had Pike coming back and so this kind of takes that and you have Dr. Mbenga, you have Christine Chapel and you have all these different characters that I think right, are right. so good. Like the acting is so well done. They they're perfectly cast. I'm not just talking about like you have obviously we Ethan Peck is more than proven himself in that role of Spock. And obviously you have Christopher Pike. Anson Mount is just magnificent. But everyone else, like they're just so good in the roles. And it gives you the sense of like, and certain characters get things. Mbenga, I think one of my probably one of my favorite episodes of the series is his episode of him trapped in the fantasy world, and he just gets to take over as the lead of that episode, and he's amazing. That actor is so brilliant. Um, and then you have thing, you have the the singing episode, the musical episode. Yes. I don't even, like, I'm not even a huge musical fan, but that was yes. amazing. So yes. Dude, I love musicals, and I was going to bring that up with you. I'm so glad that you brought it up. I I love musicals, and this musical episode had me enthralled from start to finish. What did you make of you know them trying to do a song and dance routine in the midst of a Star Trek episode, and, and how does it compare to other musical attempts? Because didn't like The Flash try to do one, and and uh supergirl did one or something like that like ha- haven't there been previous attempts at this i recall i don't know if i ever saw it because i had an on and off again relationship with the flash tv series and supergirl yeah. um but i do remember i think it was i think it was supposed to be a supergirl and flash crossover episode that was also a musical oh, episode okay yes and it, that's ringing a bell and it played on the fact that more like Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin, very musical people, they're very multi-talented. So it just it just lended to their abilities to like pull this off. And I think they were yeah, I mean, those shows were crazy. And this show also is is very crazy. They lean into the absurdity of Star Trek. I think that's what the biggest things about this show is that Discovery is great and it's coming back for, I think, a uh, fourth and final season. Or fifth and final season, I can't remember. Um, and Jonathan Frakes was talking about yes. it. And yeah, it's going back to its action adventure roots. And it's a very serious show. And I like that about that show. I like serious sci-fi. But there's something about this show that really leans the other direction in regards to just the absurdity of Star Trek. And Star Trek, I think, we need to remember. And this is something that we've learned with Star Wars in regards to people taking it maybe a little too seriously sometimes. Star Trek also can be very, very silly. And it needs to be silly because this is all supposed to be fun. And this show has so many episodes where it's silly. And the musical episode is the pinnacle of that because it is this amazing things. And it's all – it's not like they just break into song and dance for no reason. It's all a very scientific, a very logical way to do it. But it happens. It's there, and it's all – you know. it's this whole musical thing where everyone has to sing, and it plays a part of the plot, and in order to get out of the mess they're in, they have to play along with it, and everyone has to sing, and it's, it's beautiful. It's magnificent. Yes, yes, and I, I know that um, a lot of people in, in the Star Trek world want to um, give praise to Jess Bush for the song I'm Ready. And yeah. it's it's justifiable, but I really, really 
have to use my platform as small as it may be. I have to use my platform to give some props to Ethan Peck's song. Yeah, yeah. It was so incredibly written. I added it to my Spotify playlist and I sing along to it like every time it comes on because it I I did a whole thread on Twitter about why this song is important, but I'm not going to go into that. But I love the lyrics of that song. It is so incredibly written and very in keeping with Spock's character that I am just blown away by how good it is. One of the one of the first verses he says, for her, I set aside my need to analyze. Now I'm wrecked and searching for why I'm the X. It combines relationships with math. (laughs) For why I'm the X? Like, holy crap, dude, that writing is impeccable. And I, I don't mean to say that as a as a joke about Ethan Peck, who is a descendant of Gregory Peck. So it makes right. sense that he'd be a phenomenal actor. But my gosh, the emotion slash lack of emotion that he balances in that song as he comes to this resolve that he's never going to make that same mistake again is just it's crazy. It's so crazy good. And so um, I just I I have to give a lot of props to to that song and that episode for what they accomplished, because it it's probably the best musical episode of any television I've ever seen. And I I love the way that it ties into Star Trek. It feels very much in the vein of Star Trek. And yet it's something that Star Trek has never seen. It was trailblazing and groundbreaking, and it was fantastic. I think it works. It works really well with Star Trek. I think Star Wars would have a bit more harder. I'm not I'm not opposed to a musical episode of Star Wars. Now, mind you, I would be all for that. But I think it works better with Star Trek because Star Trek is set in our, our own world, and they have the real-world history, and it's, it becomes very meta when, like, O'Hara is talking about, like, Okay, well, in real musicals, this is what happens. And characters, when they get emotional, they start to sing. And then when you have a, you know an emotional moment between characters, they sing. And when something needs to be resolved in the story, there, there has to be kind of a, a musical number to help resolve the issue. And I like that. I like the fact that they kind of played into this and being like, okay, well, this – whatever this is holding us here – it's playing by the rules of of, of a musical, and we of have to play. We have to play yep. along with that. Yep, yep. Also, not talking about the musical, but the Gorn are a oh really, my god, really good antagonist for this show. It doesn't keep beating you over the same head of Klingons and Romulans and other stuff to throw the Gorn into the mix and make them as intimidating of an opponent as they were in just two episodes. Was it two or maybe three? Like to make them that imposing and intimidating is, is just awesome. Yeah, that was because we had, 
yeah, there's at least a couple episodes, and then there's obviously the, the season two finale, which is a heartbreaker and a just a big, big old bad cliffhanger that is still got me in knots. Um, but um, <laughs> it's, you know, you have that initial episode and you have what happens to Hammer and that relationship. I love that character. And, you know, just there's so much stuff there and making, taking that thing that was ridiculous. Again, it's funny the juxtaposition of just like taking classic stuff and making it more ridiculous as opposed to taking Spock, who is arguably the most iconic most popular star trek character ever and making him sing but then doing it in a way that that works but then going in the opposite direction taking something that's ridiculous like the gorn something that everyone knows you, if you google the gorn you're going to see a bunch of pictures or you put it in youtube you're going to see that infamous fight between kirk and the gorn the big dude in a dinosaur costume yep. fighting taking that and being like you know what and, and be taking the equivalent the same... of like a, a, a YouTube or a TikTok video showing a a person in a boxing match with an inflatable T-Rex. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But taking that and just taking the spirit of it and going like, OK, that's ridiculous in retrospect because it was the 60s and it was on a TV budget. But we're still going to keep the spirit of this of just like Star Trek The Original Series was 100% straight. They played it 100% straight. We're going to honor that by bringing the Gorn back. And, yeah, okay, yeah, those things. We haven't seen a baby Gorn, though. We haven't seen what the Gorns are, what is their physiology, and what, how do they reproduce and stuff like this. And turning in this whole alien debacle is just great, and it's terrifying, and it's really well done. And I think the, the, the CGI and the special effects were especially well done um, making them. And there's a there's a really great kind of mix of puppetry and CGI that they do really well there. And then you get the season two finale where you actually get to see, uh, spoiler alert, one of the, one of the big Gorn. Um, and it's, it's, it's great. It's just, it's a great show. It's such a great show. And it's also pretty much the only thing that we've both seen together recently is <laughs> <laughs> is so funny i i feel like we probably need to do like maybe a mini episode or a standalone or something of strange new worlds maybe after the next season concludes we'll have three seasons under our belt that we can kind of play off of and and give our thoughts on but i'm glad that you're enjoying it man because um I, I know Star Trek isn't for everyone, and I and I know that there's so much Star Trek out there that it can be overwhelming to find something to latch onto. But uh, I'm I'm glad that you're latching onto this one because it's probably one of my favorite Star Treks now too. I think Deep Space Nine is still my favorite, but Not this may one. this may be my number two Star Trek. It's just that good. Yeah, I out of all the things that I've watched since we last spoke, Strange New Worlds was the one thing that I really, really did want to talk about in depth with because there's just so much happening. And, you know, I I would suggest I think Strange New Worlds, yes, it is a spin-off of Discovery, obviously. And it it does like pick up where it left off. It's it's you know, it's the the theme throughout the whole thing is it leans heavily into Pike knows what's gonna happen to him and that that all happened in Discovery. And you know, if you're a Star Trek fan, if you're in interested in Star Trek Star Trek, you should watch Discovery. But I also think Strange New Worlds is weirdly a great jumping on point. I think 
it, anybody could really enjoy it's, this show yeah. um, regardless. And because I don't know everything in regards to Star Trek, I'm very not well versed when it comes to Star Trek. I've seen just a few of the series, most of the stuff being the new stuff. So I'm not into the lore as much as a lot of people are, especially a lot of Trekkies. So, but I enjoyed the hell out of this because it does mostly stand alone and it's a prequel mm-hmm. to the original series. So you're not mm-hmm. like, it's before most of the stuff that's been previously. Like Discovery is literally the only thing that happens prior to it. So you can you can really infer a lot. And I think it does well to kind of hold your hand and, and give you the necessary info. It is the closest thing that we have gotten to Kirk's Star Trek since Kirk's Star Trek. It is. And you even if you're not a big Star Trek fan, you will recognize some names in this, okay? Because that's Strange New World is all about like slowly introducing those iconic characters and doing it in a very tasteful way. And they do it even in season two, even towards the end of season two. I won't give anything away. Yeah. But um there's some special ones in there that I think and they, they again casting is perfect it's great and i'm so excited for the future because i think if not only the ones we've gotten i want to see more of them and how they interact with each other i want to see who's next because there's Mm -hmm. several people that have not been introduced that like this is inevitable we're we're creating a whole new crew we are basically getting the band back together with the original series um what's going to happen next yep yep completely agree I'm I'm ready to see who they would cast as uh, Dr. McCoy. That, I feel I feel like he I feel like we're close to that. And He's I on feel his like way. yeah, because but I'm also like I don't want it to happen too soon because I love Dr. Mbega so much and I'm worried like it to get to yeah. get McCoy into that something's going to have to happen to Mbega yeah. and you have that's, to phase I'm out not, yeah. I'm not ready for that yet. Yeah, no, me neither. Me neither. I wasn't ready for Hammer to die. And no. And, and and what's funny is I I really I really like who they got to um replace him. Yeah. But I was very much on that um that that boat of you're not Hammer. So <laughs> I don't I don't like you. <laughs> and that was that was a really tough place to be because I really like Carol Kane. I I think she's funny. I think she's a a good actress, but it was it was tough to be a fan of hers because she she wasn't Hammer. So it, it'll be interesting yeah, I, I to see think, what they do moving forward. Yeah, it's gonna be cool because uh, she's an interesting character, but um, there's others that are coming along, and I'm curious how what you know. Her her whole backstory is is interesting. Her her species and whatever else, what's going on there. Um, so I think the it's it's get, it's striking a good balance between some of the older characters they're bringing in, but also creating some some new characters and then enriching older characters that really haven't got like Una crying out loud. Like she's she's had a whole arc in this show already, and she was someone mm-hmm. who was just really in the in the first pilot, which was crazy. Yep. Yeah, they're doing they're doing a lot of respect to the legacy of Star Trek and bringing everything kind of full circle to a certain extent. I think it'd be cool Absolutely. if they could find a way to incorporate an Enterprise character. 
put some aging makeup on Scott Bakula and have an Admiral Archer show up because in a, in a Interpri- scene? does Enterprise how how long before oh Interpri- how long before this does Enterprise take place? Enterprise is like I want to say ninety years before Kirk. Hmm. And so Strange New Worlds is about 80 years, 70, 80 years after Enterprise takes place. But humans have a longer lifespan in the future. And there was a Vulcan character called T'Pol, and Vulcans live much longer as well. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you could, it doesn't have to be just a human character, it could be someone else. So. Yeah, so I think it'd be uh, a nice nod to bring in a, a legacy Enterprise character, but I I don't know I don't know if they're gonna do that, but it'd be cool if they did. Yeah, a lot of possibilities. I I hope this show gets to really do a lot and has a really long lifespan, um, because a lot of lot of lot of ground to cover. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that it's getting another season because, like you said, that cliffhanger. I was pretty mad at them that they ended it that way. It's it's one of those things. You're just you're looking at the time code and you're watching the episode. Yep. and You're like, wait a minute, yep. wait a damn minute. They don't have enough time. There's not yep. enough time to resolve this in ten minutes. Come on, man. Well, okay. So the thing is, I had the same problem with um, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh yeah, that's a that's a bad one too. When when he when he was wrapped up and he was in the the parallel universe and like he saw his alternate version of himself as the prowler i made the mistake of going to see that movie at a dine-in theater where they text you your receipt and they closed out my tab as that conversation was happening (laughs) so i was like oh no wait a a minute (laughs) oh no as like as my tab was closing out, I was like, I know I'm not going to be able to order anything else, and that means the movie's almost over, and this stuff is not resolved yet. So, oh no! But yeah, that was oh my that that was tough. Steven in the chat says the Enterprise finale takes place in the fictional 2161, while Strange New Worlds takes place in 2259. So there is almost a century separation there. Okay, but if the Scotty of the Kelvin timeline can mention that he transported Admiral Archer's dog, prized beagle. Um, then I I feel like there's still the possibility that people like Admiral Archer and T'Pol are still part of this universe. So also timelines make no difference when there's time travel. <laughs> when you literally have there's a whole episode yeah. about time travel about someone from the future from the from the you know the TNG era coming back to the present present day. Um and also they're cartoon characters <laughs> that get transferred into live action. Yeah. Yeah. I loved those old scientists and I'm really enjoying lower decks too. I I've seen the first few episodes of the new season and I, I appreciate that they're actually kind of progressing the characters and giving them new challenges. Uh, it took three seasons, but some of our main characters are actually junior grade lieutenants now instead of just ensigns. Wow. And so it's a small change, because of like their their quarters and their responsibilities and stuff but they're still not like the captain of their own ship you know so they're still 
fitting into that classification of lower decks and doing some of the nitty gritty behind the scenes stuff. But uh, the the entertainment value is still there. The comedy is still there. The character execution is still there. Um, the friendships are just very wholesome. And it's it, it's a it's a cute show. And I'm glad that it's part of the canon. And I know there are some people who are not going to like hearing that. But I think I think it's a good thing for Star Trek to have some existentialism that recognizes how ridiculous it can be sometimes. And there's there was one scene on the most recent episode that I watched where one of the characters was given quarters that were right next to the holodecks. And one of the one of the commanding officers was very into this role playing scenario where they played the villain in the Robin Hood story and they torture and kill holographic Robin Hood in very masochistic ways. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, that is so weird. Why is that part of the Star Trek story? But then I'm also like, oh yeah, that should totally be part of the Star Trek story is that that's how people use their fantasy holographic machines. And that whoever is sleeping next to that has to put up with all that noise. Like it makes perfect sense. And yet no sense at the same time. It's so, <laughs> it's so fun to watch. I love it. Yeah, that's uh, and that's a show that's that's very much, you know, airing on the side of just absurdity and ridiculousness and is embracing that side of Star Trek, which I think is things. And I'm I'm so glad that Star Trek is doing that, too, because I think there's been a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of success in Star Wars, in my opinion, of embracing different styles and different tones and doing things you wouldn't necessarily expect in the same universe but but work just fine and i think the fact that star trek is getting that too is uh getting that kind of treatment and uh doing different things and in fact you can watch shows at the same time that are completely different completely just totally at different ends of the spectrum but um work so well together very true very true well i mentioned Lower decks. Do we do we just want to go through like one person goes through everything they've been watching and then the other person goes through everything they've been watching or is it easier to alternate or you know how do we do this? It's been a while. I I would say alternate, but I feel like at a certain point you're gonna run out and I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> That's possible. Should should I just breeze through some of the stuff I've been watching and briefly yeah, just, describe just, it? Just just go through because I'm interested. I'm I'm interested in hearing what you've got to say, and then we'll I'll I'll as quickly as I possibly can get through mine. Sure, 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 sure. So um, my my watching has been kind of intermittent of late because I mentioned all of the different broadcasting and stuff that I'm doing, and so there are some times where I'm doing a game on a Thursday night and then turning right around and doing another game on a Friday night, and you got to do all the show notes and prep and research right. and media requests and getting the equipment put together and i still have to work five six days a week sometimes and so you know tv kind of falls in wherever it can and um it just depends on what we're in the mood for because sometimes we'll just go back and rewatch the office or parks and rec my wife and i or we'll try something new and lately we've been doing stuff on apple tv apple has some really good shows and I've and heard, yeah. And they've and they've got some stuff that we've put on our list that we just haven't gotten around to yet. But currently, we're both in the middle of a um, 
mystery drama apocalyptic series called Silo. That oh, I've is heard about this. I've heard about that's this. really, really good. Um, a lot of death, a lot of backstabbing, a lot of mystery, but it's all set in like this bomb shelter silo that has, you know, 150 levels beneath the surface or something. And there are generations that have lived down there that don't know anything about the surface world. And the government has basically forbidden anybody from going to the surface because it's unlivable. And so they've created this regime and there's all of these rules and stipulations and things that people have to follow. And people are starting to ask questions and they're getting curious about, you know, life outside or, you know, what isn't the government telling us all this sort of stuff. And mysteriously people are turning up dead when they start asking too many questions or they get sentenced to exile and they get kicked out of the silo and have to go live slash die on the surface world. And so it's, it's, it's a really interesting drama that we haven't quite finished yet. So I don't really know how it ends and I don't really know how to talk about it all that much other than the fact that we're watching it and it's interesting. Um, the other Apple show that we've been watching is Ted Lasso. And that is a really, really good show. You don't need to know anything about soccer to watch it and enjoy it. Because when the show starts, some of the characters are just as lost as Americans are. <laughs> and and you you watch that sense of of feeling lost from their point of view. But then as they grow to learn about their community that they're in, as they grow to learn about the game, as they grow to know the players and their bosses and the media members and all this sort of stuff, it becomes a show that's about the people more than it is about soccer. And it, it becomes more about the the relationships that are formed. It becomes more about the personal growth that people experience, the trauma that they're trying to work through. And it's it's a very personal show and they do a really really good job with bringing all of those personalities out we just finished the season two finale uh, about a week or two ago and we're hesitant to watch the third and final season because frankly we don't want it to be over yet and so we've been kind of procrastinating and putting it off a little bit but yeah eventually eventually we're going to finish the third season on that and move on to some other uh apple tv shows but Silo and Ted Lasso are both ones that I would recommend if you've got a subscription to Apple. I I had a subscription to Apple for a while because I got a new iPhone like a couple of years ago. <laughs> so um it comes free with your with your Apple purchase. And then my mom we got an iPad for my mom, and then I had another year of Apple Plus. And uh I gotta say, I didn't watch a damn thing that like two or three year period that I had Apple Plus. But I'm gonna have to re-sign up, pay my own money to get it because I've heard so many good things about specifically their their series about Silo, and then there's um, isn't Succession is Succession the one that's on there? I believe so. There's the see. really the big one that I think just ended. That everyone okay, was Succession about. is on uh, HBO Max. I think I know which one you're talking about, though. Um, are you talking about Severance? There you go. See, I get those two confused for some reason. Yeah, I do too. I do too. But Adam Scott, man, 
I, I loved him on Parks and Rec. I love that he's got a big show like this. Um, uh-huh, but then you've uh-huh. also got uh, uh, Dykin Lockman and uh, Christopher Walken and Gwendolyn Christie are also in that show. So, uh-huh. like, that that is just a fan fantastic yeah. lineup. I've also been getting ads for Foundation, um, which is sci-fi is based on Isaac Asimov. Mm-hmm. Um, novels, mm-hmm. I think. That's Alex, also Alex. That gives me kind of doom, doom slash maybe a little bit of uh, maybe a little bit of stars, a little bit of Star Trek. It's very, yep. very, very sci-fi. Very maybe a little bit of fantasy. Looks really yep. good. I mean, I've heard good things, so I'm, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I could. And if I signed up, I could, I could have a lot of. Uh, I have to devote a lot of hours to this, but I think you'll be worth it. Well, and then I've heard a lot of really good things about um, the morning show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon. So have I. And so, you know, you 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 look at Severance, Morning Show, um, Foundation, Silo, Ted Lasso, um, C with Jason Momoa, another really good show. So that was one of their first shows. Yeah, it was. It was like the very first one when they announced Apple TV. That was the first thing they were pitching to people was watch this Jason Momoa limited series. And it was hella good. So they're doing really good with their sci fi and they're doing really good with their compelling storytelling. So, yeah, I I think Apple is probably one of the better products um, to be subscribed to right now as far as quality is concerned, for sure. Yeah, I've also heard good things about uh, shrinking with Harrison Ford. You know, um, I've so, heard about that one, too, and I just haven't gotten around to it. That's the one with Jason Siegel, right? Jason Siegel, Harrison Ford, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I that, can't that, believe. That, that, that pairing alone just has me intrigued. I can't believe that they – yeah, that sounds like a game of one, two, three. You remember when we would play that? <laughs> we need to do that again one of these days. <laughs> one of these Of course, we days. just ruined it now. It's like, what's a movie with Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford? Oh, I don't know about that. Mm, yeah, for real. For real. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's so much stuff on Apple right now. They're not paying us to say this. I'm just actually, you know, genuinely acknowledging that there's good stuff worth watching on there right now. No, Apple, pay your writers, pay your actors, okay? This is yeah. your obligatory statement, okay, yep. in support of the strike. What um, do you What do you make of the rumors that um, Apple wants to become like a primary investor or has the the means to basically buy out Disney Studios? I keep hearing this, and I mean, I I don't know. I've been hearing it for years, mostly just as it's like, what if what if Apple bought Disney? How ridiculous would that be? And now it's like people are like taking it seriously, and I feel like I feel like it's inevitable. I feel like Apple's gonna buy Disney, then Amazon's gonna buy Apple, and then we're gonna they're gonna change their name to you know, by and large. And we're going to end up in the Wally world, okay? Like, that's going to happen. It's, we're heading that direction. <laughs> okay, hold on. That reminds me of a video that they did on Parks and Rec one time that was about um, one of America's um, seven corporations or something like that. I don't know if you'll be able to, like, stitch this together in into <laughs> into the episode in post but i really want you to watch oh if it's on youtube i can get it no problem i really want you to watch this and and give me your reactions because you were talking about all of these companies forming into one and um 
Parks and Rec when they when they had like this fake TV show um, in the final season. They cut to a fake commercial break, and this was this was the commercial break that they cut to. What powers us? What gives us the tools to attain our goals, face our fears, take that next step into the unknown? It's energy. Verizon, Exxon, and Chipotle are proud to announce a cross-platform merger of our three great brands. Whether it's extending your 6G coverage, drilling natural gas out of shale, or perfecting the chicken quesadilla, we will give you the energy to get you to the next level. And with enough energy, America, nothing can stop us. The all-new Verizon Chipotle Exxon. Proud to be one of America's eight companies. <laughs> That's so convincing, though. That's a really good commercial. Like they, there was no like breaks in it. They were just like, "Wow, this is something you'd see on TV." Okay, <laughs> one of America's eight companies. <laughs> what if That's like Apple and out? Amazon and Disney combine, and it's like we're Apple, Amazon, Disney. This video is from eight years ago, and it's just continuing to predict the future. Yes. My God. Yes. That's the thing is it's like it's so real. It's hard to believe that it's fake. Oh, my God. Yeah. I, uh, what is it? ExxonMobil, Chipotle, and Verizon. <laughs> so oil, cell phones, tacos. And quesadillas. Yes. There you go. There Whether you go. it's extending. I, I, whether it's extending your 6G coverage, powering your new electric vehicle, or perfecting the chicken quesadilla, we're going to get you the energy to go where you need to go. It's just. That's that's great. That's fantastic so writing. I freaking love that show, man. Parks and Rec is just a gem. Okay. Um, I'm going to I'm going to finish up so that we can get into your stuff. Right. Um, I watched a documentary, which for those of you who know me. I don't really watch documentaries that much. There, there are a lot of instances where they don't really um, draw me in and then keep me in. Like I might start one and then not quite finish it or I'll lose interest or what have you. But I watched one that was ridiculous. It was called BS High. And it's on it's on Max. And the BS, obviously, you know, it has an acronym that has negative connotations, <laughs> but it's all about a fake preparatory high school called Bishop Sycamore. Oh, my God. There, there is no actual bishop in the clergy that was named Bishop Sycamore. Like this, <laughs> this guy completely made up a religious institution and and called himself a private school so that state regulations wouldn't apply to the way that he conducts his program and basically fibbed and lied and cheated and and like did all of these things uh, evaded credit card scammers and all and and didn't make his payments and stuff for years while he was building and organizing a preparatory football team and these kids didn't have any actual school assignments that they had to do. They didn't even have a physical campus that they would go to to study. They were just taking online classes while they traveled the country and played other high schools in the United States. And it's just it is the wildest thing to hear from like sports professionals in Ohio, to hear from, um, 
you know, recruiters and college coaches and to hear from the the preparatory school's coach himself. They interviewed the coach who conducted this scam and he's not in jail. Like he's still he's still Roman free. He's still planning to do this again. And and it was just so incredibly wild to hear about the lives that he impacted, to hear about the the money that he scammed people out of, to hear about the gains that he was able to schedule against top tier opponents. And 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 he had a player that they they made it onto ESPN. They somehow arranged a game to be nationally televised on ESPN. And one of his players tore his ACL during the game and they didn't have a trainer or a team doctor on the sidelines. So the coaches intervened and basically told him, you know, if you're too hurt to play, then don't play. But if you feel like you can still run routes, then get out there and keep playing. (laughs) This kid played on ESPN with a torn ACL. Wow. And it's just it's so wild to hear about all of the stuff that went down. And it's like a two hour long documentary about how he pulled off this huge, huge scam that nobody thought would be possible to pull off. And my heart just breaks for the kids that were impacted because now they can't get into actual colleges. They can't play college ball now because they played for a fake school. And, you know, it's it's wild. The links that this guy went to. Um, just for a buck and just to end up on ESPN. That's that's crazy. That mm-hmm. really is. Mm-hmm. It was weird. And it's it's on Max. If you have two hours and you're interested in sports, highly, highly recommend it. It is probably one of the wildest documentaries I have seen. Um, as far as movies go, we did like a spooky movie night with some friends uh, a couple oh. of weeks ago. And I saw the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre for the first time. Interesting. And it's trippy, man. It's it's really weird, some of the stuff that they do. But a lot of the gore is very implied. Mm. And so um, you don't you don't see a whole lot. Um, and yet at the same time, you do. It's it's really weird. But for a movie that was made back in 1974, um, it is it is very very interesting to see how it all plays out and i was not expecting the movie to end when it did and it it just contributes to how trippy and weird that film is uh even by today's standards so um it was fun to watch that we saw the first saw movie as well and um kind of did like a spooky film double feature and that was a pretty fun night um But, you know, both of those are are like kind of throwbacks, if you will. Haven't really seen a whole lot of modern stuff since Barbenheimer. In fact, I went back through my um, AMC A-list to try to see like what previous movies I'd watched. And after my Barbie and Oppenheimer ticket, the only ticket stub that showed up on my account was for um, Meg 2, The Trench. (laughs) Stevens in the chat saying that the original Texas Chainsaw is a classic. I agree. I put it right up there with the like the original Halloween film as far as like classic horror goes. And then Saw is pretty much what got me into horror movies. I haven't seen the rest of the franchise, but I do intend to watch the second one 
so that I have good context for the new Saw movie that's coming out, Stephen. I understand that um, the this tenth one is supposed to be set between one and two. So as long as I get oh, those yeah, first two done, then I should be okay for this new one. Um, but the trench was exactly what I expected it to be. It was a poorly made, cheaply shot, terrible CGI, over-the-top popcorn flick about monsters of the deep. You know, <laughs> it, it, the the first Meg felt like a modern-day Jaws. It had those those elements that Jaws had that was engaging and entertaining and made the most of its budget. Like I had some really good things to say about the first Meg movie when it came out, but now I'm looking at the trench and I'm going, Oh, everything that jaws two was is what the Meg two is. Like you can hold them to similar standards. The same type of drop off that happened between jaws and jaws two is very similar to the type of drop off that happens between the Meg and the Meg two. It's not amazing. It's not going to win any awards. But it was a fun popcorn flick. All right. Fair enough, I suppose. Um, and then the the last thing that I saw, I promise I'm almost done. No, um, no problem. <laughs> um, one, of, one of the other things that I saw is something that came out on Amazon just a couple of days ago. And ironically, it's a biopic. Um, it's about the uh, first Hispanic astronaut in space. Oh. Not not just, you know, one that studied and did the simulations, but one that actually went to space. And uh, it's about Jose Hernandez and his path from becoming a child farm worker to becoming an engineer and eventually an astronaut for NASA that goes up into space. And uh, he's played by Michael Pena, which is wow. uh, it's 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 pretty cool. Like it's got a pretty good cast in it. But uh, Pena, who is, you know, Luis from the Ant-Man franchise, um, is in there. And then uh, I don't know if very many people are going to know this, but Garrett Dillahunt is in it. And uh, he was on the Mindy Project. That's where most people will know him from. And then um, one of the co-stars is uh, Rosa Salazar, who was um, Alita in Alita Battle Angel and she was in the Maze Runner franchise and she was in Bird Box as well. So it's a pretty good cast and it's a really very well-made heartwarming coming of age type of story as this guy overcomes so many obstacles, financial, physical, mental, emotional, what have you, cultural. Um, he, he overcomes so many different obstacles and gets to achieve his dream of of going to space he he watched the moon landing and as a kid and it inspired him to be more than somebody who works out in the fields and not only did he become something more he became one of the very few people on planet earth to actually go to space so it's a it's a it's a pretty good movie and it's on amazon prime so that's the that's most amazing that's the most recent thing that i watched and uh, I don't know what I'm watching next, but that kind of catches you up. Strange New Worlds, Lower Decks, Silo, Ted Lasso, BS High, Texas Chainsaw, um, Saw, Meg 2, and then that Michael Pena movie, A Million Miles Away. That is what I've been watching. 
Interesting. All great choice. You're you're inspiring me because I'm now I'm like now I need to catch up with you. I've seen so many things, but there's so many things I haven't seen. That's that's the that's the problem with entertainment today. It's just like uh, there's so much out there. There's dude. so much out there. Like like look, I 100% support the writers and actors striking. I want them to get a fair deal as soon as possible. But I'm also low key like let them strike as long as they want to because. I need to catch up. <laughs> I need to stop making things for a little, little bit so I can at least have a chance of catching up. But the joke's on me because I'll never catch up on anything. Um, there's just too much stuff. They're, they're still releasing stuff. They haven't been filming anything for for months, and there's still stuff coming out left and right. It's insane. But um, so my list is in no particular order you see how that goes you see how the, you, see, you see that you can go both ways two I can play see. this game two can play see. this game um this so i'm sticking it to y'all um who all you no particular orders this is how mine is and genuinely i don't remember some what order i watched some of these in um so some of them are grouped together because they are part of the same franchise um so i the fact that you didn't mention it, it tells me that you didn't watch this but correct me if i'm wrong you didn't watch Secret Invasion, did you? I watched like half of it. That's I, that's that sounds about right. <laughs> I watched some of it and I just lost interest, man. I I, I I it got to a point where some of the stuff that they were revealing just kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. I was like, you mean I watched all of this other stuff and it didn't really mean anything? And and then there were also some elements where I'm like, this would be so much better if this character was in it or if this character was in it. But it's obvious that they couldn't afford that person. So they just made do with what they had. And it just it felt like a low budget hodgepodge of crap that Samuel L. Jackson just did not deserve. He deserved better. In in concept, this is an amazing thing. Like just in concept, just like, oh, it can be anybody and whatever else. But the fact that there's really no superheroes, and that's that's not a spoiler. That's just a, a fact that like there's no big cameos. There's no, you know, Rhodey who never suits up as War Machine is the like the biggest like superhero in this thing. Um, I guess I did watch it to through the end, and I will I can confirm it's it's easily the the most lackluster. Of all the Marvel series. Um, and I've had my fair share of complaints about the other series. They haven't all been stellar, but I've enjoyed most of them. Even, you know, even some that were, you know, on the lower end that I didn't really get. Like, I kind of skipped through She-Hulk. I was not a huge fan of that show, but I like what it was trying to do. This show, like, I look back and I, I just remember that I, I went on Letterboxd and I, I ranked the MCU Marvel shows. Um, and this one was dead last for me in, in ranking. Um, it's easily yes. my least favorite of all of them. Yes. Um, and it's a shame too, because like I said, in concept, it's great, but it's the fact that there's no notable superheroes and even taking it to stand of, okay, there's no superheroes, but anybody can be a scroll. You still don't use that to full effect. It's still just kind of like. And like there's like 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 one good reveal in the finale where that's like you can see it coming from a mile away. It's a good twist, but also it's also not that good of a twist. You kind of see it coming. So it's it's just this thing. 
and it doesn't really resolve all that much. It kind of introduces this thing. Obviously, there's some stuff going on with Nick Fury. We learn more about him, but also it doesn't do a whole lot with him. And he literally, I mean, he ends up basically where he left off. There's no resolution to the, 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 the scroll thing. It only makes things worse, really, in regards to their situation. It's just it's it's a I say it's a big nothing burger. It really just didn't do a whole lot, and it's a shame because I think it had a lot going for it in concept, but the execution just was not there. And I don't know if it was due to the pandemic and all this kind of stuff. I know it had a lot of stuff to deal with, but um, pretty disappointed. Easily the most disappointed I've been in a Marvel project thus far. I I just I didn't even finish it, dude. And, and I don't blame you. Like I finished She-Hulk. I uh, even with her twerking with Megan the Stallion, I still <laughs> watched all of She-Hulk. I did not finish Secret Invasion. There's so much other media out there and and here's here's what my justification is for this. Not just because I'm with Steven that I think it high key sucked. Um there is so much media out there. Like I'm looking at the stuff that I wrote down on the show notes, I'm looking at the stuff that you're writing down in the show notes. There is so much media out there to consume that I decided I was done wasting my time with Secret Invasion. There's so many other things out there to watch that are worth my time that I am not going to waste my time on Secret Invasion. I'm just not. It's not. I'm telling you. It really just like read if you're like really curious, like maybe read the plot description on things like Gaia is a character and they do some weird things with her in the end. Amelia Clark is great. Ben Mendelsohn is great, but they're not really used to full effect. And then there's some weird stuff happens in the finale that they're like, either this is a huge thing or it's not going to be brought up again. And I feel like. That's true. That it's just it's not going to have any effect on the MCU, and basically we're just kind of going along. They had an opportunity to do something really big, like like Winter Soldier, big of just like okay, now everything is changed and yes. it'll never be the same. And yes, nah, it's, it's none of that. No, I I'm with you. I feel like that's what they were going for. I think the reveal that Rhodey was a scroll was meant to be one of those things that's like Hydra is still around. Like it was it was meant to be of that magnitude and it just wasn't and and the fact look here's one example of i genuinely think the creators may not have known what they were doing (laughs) because or like there was miscommunication because like the director or one of the creators was like oh yeah uh roadie at the end he's in a he's in a, a a hospital gown and that's a reference to him in Civil War, that the scroll swapped him out in Civil War, and he's been a scroll since Civil War. But then people started looking and going like, wait, you can clearly see him bleeding in Endgame, and he's not bleeding, bleeding green. He's bleeding red. And it's just like, well, do these people, the people do this stuff, even watch the movies? Like, what is going on here? Probably not. Ah, <sighs> embarrassing um, and disappointing. MCU is more like comic books now in terms of quantity, and nobody reads every single comic from every series. You know, Stephen, in in most cases, I would tend to agree, but I do plan on watching Loki. You know, look, look, Loki looks sick. I love the first seasons. I expect nothing less from season two. Maria Hill was done dirty. See that? I will agree to. Kobe Smolders deserved better. 
just one episode and then she's gone and yeah especially when it was like oh this is gonna be you know nick fury and maria hill teaming up and nothing man well i think it was meant to give the the sense of of isolation for fury like oh even his closest allies are at risk or, or in danger or dead or whatever and i don't know like it was just too easy to write her off after all the other stuff that she'd been through. That's how her demise is met. It just, it didn't feel appropriate. Yeah. Like the only, like I want, now I want to fake out. I want to, I want to like confirmation that she was just a scroll, that she's still alive and she'll be back because yeah. That would be nice. That would be nice. We'll see if it happens. Okay. Um, well we're done wasting our time talking about that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I definitely, I genuinely did not mean to spend like more than like two seconds talking about Secret Invasion. Um, that's well, probably- it was out of all the things um, that are on your list, that is actually one of the few things that I could comment on because you've got you've got a whole franchise in here, like one, two, three, <laughs> four movies from one franchise that I have never seen. So I'm gonna have a lot less to talk about in a minute here. Yeah, so let me let me let me do a little rapid fire here because um, I don't have as much to say about these things. But you know, things like Secret Invasion is definitely not going to inspire a full episode of discussion. But these other things may because I think I like most of them. Um, next on the list for me is Barbie. Yes, I have seen half. Oh, of you the, saw it. I've seen half of the Barbenheimer craze. Um, and we were joking a couple of days ago that I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. <laughs> I saw Barbie. I mean, at this rate, just wait for the digital release, my dude. Basically, that's what I'm because I'm like, you know, theater going out to theater, it can be hard. And like, you know, carving out a two and a half hour period can be even harder. And there's like it's a three hour movie. I'm going to have to devote like half my day to travel time and, and everything to that. Um, right. But I saw Barbie. And I loved it. I thought it was great. I think they did. The, I think it really lived up to the hype. I think it did a lot in regards to, you know, and you guys discussed it on our previous episode, all the details in that. But like doing something that was ridiculous as you expected, but also a little bit deeper and was really going into some talking about some topics that I think really needed to be talked about. And I think I'm. I am. I will also say that it's really disappointing to see the, the discourse, and not everyone, obviously, because it's made like a billion dollars now. Like most people in the world have seen it now, and most people like it, I think. But I think a lot of people didn't see it, intentionally didn't see it, and are like going like, "Oh, it's just some this man hating thing, or blah 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 blah." Like this, you know, thing of like feminist. Like yes, it is very feminist. But it's not about hating men. Like it's not. It's not the point of the movie. In fact, it goes above and beyond to have can be a character that is, I think, very sympathetic. And there was a portion of the movie that I'm like, oh, if they go this way, I don't know if I like that. But then they bring it back around, and it's like, okay, this is not just about women. It's about it's about men too. It's about how how we treat each other and and you know how how we do this. And you know, it's very meta. It's very hilarious. It's got some – speaking of musical numbers, some great musical numbers, but um, it's got a lot of heart to it. I think spurred, I think it should spur some great discussions, and hopefully people take the message that I assumed was it was trying to say, which is, yeah, guys and gals just be better to each other because 
sometimes we're not. Well, like you said, if if y'all want to hear a, a whole discussion, you can do that on our previous episode, 364. Um, half of the episode, probably a little more than half of the episode, was dedicated to the ins yeah. and outs of of that film. It was it was a great discussion, and I'm I'm really glad that my wife agreed to to be a part of it. But I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Like I I truly am, because I think this is one of the biggest pieces of cinema in the last decade considering the the craze the interest level the people that dressed up for it the song and dance routines the comedy the message the storyline the the actors that were a part of it um it's groundbreaking in so many different ways and the fact that mattel is lining up um other movies because of this one's success i think is really interesting because if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to keep pumping out stuff like Secret Invasion, then uh, we may be seeing the rise of an all-new MCU, the Mattel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> you ain't kidding. There, um, I think, uh, unfortunately, studios, I think, are probably going to take the wrong message from this. Fortunately, hopefully they don't. But um, I think the message I think that I hope they take from this is just like, Yes, let's take a classic brand. Let's take something that people know, and let's give it to a really great writer director who wants to say something and not just make something that's recognizable and actually do something that's artistic and is got meaning to it. I think that's that's what Barbie is. I think that's what people loved about it. I think if it's just Hot Wheels, if it's just cars on a track, like. No one's that's that's gonna bomb. Like nobody's gonna see that. It needs to be about something. Barbie <laughs> is about something. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, it it is so much more than just the 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 toy line. And so, you know, for all we know, Hot Wheels could end up becoming like, you know, their version of cars or whatever. You know, the Hot Wheels are sentient you or something. Know. So, you know, we we've we've well we've always joked about, you know, what would happen if uh if cars had feelings or if toys had feelings or if feelings had feelings you, you know like <laughs> pixar has gone like super meta with some of their stuff before so you know based on the on the the existentialism of barbie i i think if you get the right creatives uh with the right budget i think you can you can indeed make that into uh, a cinematic universe into a franchise because you know barbie's gonna have to drive a car from one place to another you know what if she drives a sentient hot wheel so. yeah or you know or nerf is one of them you know what what if you know like i'm thinking you know don't don't give don't don't give it to michael bay okay give it to mike martin scorsese like like if i would imagine if martin scorsese has a really fun interesting deep idea about nerf guns i would watch that movie okay you know that make it like a war movie where all of the battle sequences are taking place with nerf guns instead of like <laughs> machine guns and semi-automatic pistols and stuff <laughs> This alternate history and everybody like still has those big reactions where like when they get hit by a bullet they like fall over backward and stuff but they're getting hit by nerf bullets instead yeah like no blood or anything and nobody and nobody mentions it it's like oh he got he got taken out by by a sniper rifle and it's like you mean he got hit in the neck by a dart from 30 feet away (laughs) (laughs) 
like it has the potential to be like so ridiculous and yet yeah i don't know i like it i i think it i think it's got a lot of potential that's all i'm gonna say look they they've got there's a lot of potential there they could they could do it right they could do it wrong um, they're gonna do it anyway, regardless if anybody likes it or not. They're gonna yeah, they're, that's they're true. They're gonna do something. So they don't uh, ask our opinion. They just do it and then tell us to go watch it. Fingers crossed, it's good. Okay, fingers crossed. Um, okay, so up next, um, are I'll I'll patch these together because they're kind of in the similar vein, although they're very different movies. Um, two I would say kind of, I guess classic comedies in a way. Um, two that I had not seen, and my family just randomly decided they wanted to watch these, and that was long for the ride. Uh, first being My Cousin Vinny. Um, obviously I've seen Marissa Tomei in so many different things, but and obviously Joe Pesci too. But like seeing those two together in that movie, it's a, it is it is a classic. It is truly a classic. If you have not seen it, it's it's one of I'm sure it's probably on that like you know the, those 100 movies you should see before you die, like those type of lists. It's got to be on all those lists because it's a really it's a great great movie um and then and then because my cousin Vinny is kind of it's kind of sketchy it's there's a lot of language and stuff like that there's a there's a ton of f-bombs in it and then on the flip side of that you have paul blart mall cop <laughs> which is <laughs> a Squeaky clean movie that is so sanitized. I mean, I my my recommendation for this movie is just like if you want something to watch with your kids, that your kids will like laugh at and have a good time, and you don't have to worry about any kind of language or nudity or anything in it. Um, get watch Paul Blart Mall Cop because you know it's 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 a fun movie. I'm not gonna say it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's a uh, very predictable where you think it's going is going to go um mm-hmm. but it's it's a fun time it's a fun time kevin james is a delight he's very funny he's 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 had his most kevin james's and uh it's just a, it's a real funny movie if you if you want to kill you know i think it's 90 minutes and like that's pretty short um and if you're just looking for a good time and you want to bring along the family then i highly recommend it but um yeah that's the that's the, the comedy duo have you seen either of those movies I've seen Paul Blart. I, I have I not seen much. I have not seen my cousin Vinny. I, I do need to get around to that. I actually have um a really, really interesting tie in to Paul Blart that I bet you are not going to be expecting. Oh my god, I'm curious now. The little girl, Maya. Yeah. She grows up to be the voice of Sammy Gutierrez on Camp Cretaceous. Are you serious? I am dead serious. It's Rainy Rodriguez, same actress. Now I'm thinking, oh my God, you're right. It does, it does sound like her. It's crazy, <laughs> isn't it? I'm, I'm shocked at myself for not like doing more research. Usually, I'm like during the movie, like googling, like who's in this movie, and mm-hmm. you're checking out all the cast. Mm-hmm. I did not catch that in the slightest. Well, okay, but Paul Blart is from 2009. Camp Cretaceous didn't come out until 2019. There's a good decade that took place <laughs> and a bit of growing up that happened as well. But yeah, the little girl Maya from Paul Blart becomes Sammy Gutierrez from Camp Cretaceous. Good old Sammy. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I can I can hear. I'm I'm hearing back to her voice. I'm like, yeah, you put a you put a kind of a southern accent on that. There's no mistaking it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, 
I'm definitely interested in my cousin Vinny now, based on just the list and and the brief um the brief little blurb that I read on IMDb just now. The problem is uh, IMDb says that the only place to stream it right now is on Amazon, and it's gonna cost me like four bucks to do it. Um, actually, I have a rebuttal to that. Um, unless it's changed in the few weeks since we've seen it. Um, it was on. It was free on like Pluto TV. Oh, okay. Maybe they just don't have Pluto synchronized with IMDb. Maybe it, definitely it, definitely check Google. Just like you look and then like it's either Pluto or one of those like free with commercials. Apps. Oh yeah, I've I've seen those. That's how Mondo and I watched Thanks Killing last year. <laughs> yes, but usually if the commercials aren't too overbearing, it's not bad, and and you can't really complain because it's free. Right. Yeah. That that's that's how they get you. Is like, oh, we're giving it to you for free. Just put up with the commercials, man. <laughs> the problem is they don't really like when we watched Thanks Killing, which is a terrible movie, by the way. Don't waste your time with <laughs> oh, it. Oh my god. Mondo will tell you it's the best thing he's ever watched in his life, but uh, it's not true. Oh, um, when when we watched it, they didn't really like time it very well. And so there would be like a chase scene or an action scene or a really intense conversation happening. And then just out of the blue, nowhere, boom, some sort of erectile dysfunction commercial. Yeah, yeah, that's um. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I don't I don't need that. I don't I didn't want that. Oh God. Um, really but look, right now either. Like, yeah, no. But look, look, my cousin, look, we've all seen Marissa Tomei in the Spider-Man movies and stuff like that. She's great, but like, she won an Oscar for this role, and by the end of the movie, you understand why. Like, she's magnificent, and Joe Pesci's Joe Pesci. Like, he's great. He's always great. Well, I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Now it's on my radar. And, you know, I think that's part of why we do this catching up is like maybe you've seen stuff that I need to get around to. Maybe uh, I've seen stuff you should watch, etc. cetera. Uh, but I will tell you what's next on your list. You will probably never get me to watch. <laughs> oh, really? OK. All right. Well, OK. So here we go with this. So this is kind of a package deal. The next four or five kind of go together. So one of my most anticipated movies of the year because I have been getting more and more into this franchise, um, and I can't remember. I, I can't remember. I think it was on Hype Function. I think talking about this. This was my hype factor, as you do on that show. Um, Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning Part One, um, which is one of I think it was one of the last movies I think I saw at a the theater, um, which has been a month or two ago now. Um, but um yeah i was very much looking forward to this one i saw number i saw um fallout a couple years ago whenever that one was in theaters really really enjoyed it and then obviously this one was coming up and i think it's supposed to be kind of the grand finale of the whole mission impossible franchise but maybe it's not because tom cruise is crazy and who knows what he's got me up to but if you've seen the trailers you know it's 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 full of it it's classic mission impossible fare um She's um and it's just it's 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 a good if you if you like just I, I say I'm a sucker for big dumb action movies like I can sit down and just watch any old action movie I don't have to know what's going on if there's people punching each other or shooting each other or people falling off of big tall things or whatever else I'm here for it the the good thing about these movies is they are not dumb they're big but they're not dumb they're very calculated I think Christopher Quarry. Tom Cruise, to his credit, I know he's a little cray cray these days, 
but he's a damn fine actor and he really brings us all these this this role and you know this this has become a legendary franchise something that a lot of people look forward to it's unfortunate that it got such a bad rap at the box office because i think it was just positioned at the wrong time it didn't get all the IMAX screenings that it needed. Um, it was right after or right before Barbenheimer, so it just it didn't get a, a fair shake at the theaters. I think it's genuinely one of the best movies of the year, in my opinion. Um, but coming off of that, I realized, oh wow, okay, I hadn't seen all these. I had only seen Fallout, which was the first one I'd ever seen. Then I went back like a year or so later and I watched the first Mission Impossible from back in the early 2000s 90s i think way back in the day watch that one but then i realized oh crap i i need to catch up i need to start catching up so i committed myself to watching this so i went back and watched mission impossible 2 which i had heard was not great and i can't confirm it's not great okay and i can also confirm that it's really it's not necessary for viewing like i because i i was kind of i wanted to know like how necessary it was how much it was involved in the overall plot it's not it's not it doesn't have any connection to really any of the other movies you can very easily skip over it and just keep going again if you just want to read a plot synopsis that'll be enough for you i definitely i definitely recommend the first one and i definitely recommend mission impossible 3 because this one was great it was i didn't even realize until i watched it the directorial debut of one mr jj abrams um and scored by michael giacchino and really out there it's just a great movie rip roaring venture it's it's again it's kind of primitive in the sense of like it's different from the later films but you start to see the pieces it's the first appearance of simon Pegg, who is Benji becomes a major player later. He really just has a cameo in this movie, but it's great. It's a real fun movie. I highly recommend it. If you really want to, if you want to get into the mission impossible franchise, that's a really great place to start because it's kind of things start to fall into place with the overall story. Um, so that one was a lot of fun. So I'm like, okay, I got to keep going with this. I go directly to mission impossible four, which is ghost protocol. And this is a Brad bird movie. I think this was his first um, live action movie after he had done The Incredibles and all the animated stuff with Disney and Pixar. Um, and this one also is great. It's very different from the first three, but it's it's really great. And it's all around um, the you know, it's it, the, basically the plot is the IMF is is gone and they don't have anything and all their equipment breaks and nothing goes right. And it's just it's it's a it's a disaster from the start to end. But um it's a lot of fun, and, and it adds a lot of drama to it, and they just – it's pulled off really, really well. So – and I want to watch more. Um, if I wasn't doing this podcast, I'd probably be watching the fifth one, whatever that one is. <laughs> but um, I have really enjoyed this. I'm looking forward to kind of catching up in in preparation for Dead Reckoning Part 2, uh, which is going to come out at some point. I'm sure it's going to be really vastly delayed now because of the strikes, but um, – yeah, long way to go, but I'm I'm liking what I'm seeing so far and starting to see the the things fall into place and the the connective dots are coming together. But um yeah, I'm just curious, what do you have against Mission Impossible? <laughs> Not a damn thing. <laughs> Not a single damn thing. It's just 
it's just not something that really ever grabbed me. And I, I, I guess I'm that way about a lot of these tropey action spy movies. I have not really enjoyed any of the um, Daniel Craig 007 movies. I, I did not did not care for any of those. I tried them for a different podcast that I was a part of a few years back. Did not care for Casino Royale or any of the ensuing ones. It just wasn't for me. And yeah. so that that style is just not one that draws me in. It's not one that I see the previews for and I'm like, oh, I've got to see that in theaters or, oh, I got to check that one out. It's just it's never been my cup of tea. And so you will you'll probably never see me um, watching Mission Impossible. You'll probably never see me watching James Bond or um, what's the other one? Top Gun. Top Gun, I, yeah. I, I didn't watch Top Gun. I didn't watch Maverick, you know, as as big and popular as, as that franchise um, has become. It's just never been my thing. And so I am thrilled for the people who do enjoy it. And, and I'm glad that you're finding the time to make your way through it and that you're enjoying it. Um, I just don't think it's ever anything that I'm going to really get very into. So I don't know if I'm going to try. Look, I I totally sympathize with that because there are certain things, there are certain franchises that I see are extremely popular. Um, for the longest time, the whole genre of anime never interested me in the slightest. Yeah, and I'm still not really that into it. It's only when we had the Star Wars anime, Star Wars Visions, that I was like, okay, I can start to appreciate this. And yep. I can start to like see what people are getting out of this. But yep. overall, I'm like, ah, this is just not really my bag. This is not really my thing. And I mean, we've talked about it before, and there's various reasons. But I, I think a lot of my aversion to Game of Thrones is just like, I'm just not into this. This is just not for me. And I'm glad. I, I wish like I do genuinely have like a little bit of envy there when i see people talking about it i'm like i wish i enjoyed that as much like like i am a distant distant admirer of all types of sports and i i am thrilled that people get in so into sports because i live in the south we both live in the south college football is massive okay football is the biggest thing okay it's the biggest fandom down here yep and you know it's your career like it's it's what you're doing for a job so like i i love it i respect it but and again i'm like i wish i was more into that i wish i cared more about football yeah. and baseball and basketball and soccer and hockey and whatever else i just don't but you know that's the thing it's not my bag um yeah. so i get it. it everyone we all have different things and especially in fandom sectors i'm just like this new thing came out. You're not watching it. You 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 don't like. You haven't seen Game of Thrones. You haven't watched Game of Thrones. And then on the flip side of that, like, I understand that. But then I'm like, you haven't seen Star Wars. But that like like yeah, Star Wars isn't everyone's bag either. Star Trek isn't yep. everyone's bag. You know, it's yep. it's whatever floats your boat. Whatever floats your boat. So ultimately, I totally get it. I highly recommend you giving a shot. But you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you, and that's totally fine. All right, I maybe maybe we make a deal. Maybe I 
I, however many hours worth of Mission Impossible I watch, that's how many hours worth of Game of Thrones you watch. Look, I'm game. I'm game. I'm, look, <laughs> I am, I am, I try to be as open-minded as possible. I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these, just like, I'm never going to lick that. Like, I'll, I will give it a chance. I watched a little bit of House of Dragon as much as I could. <laughs> and <laughs> Like the first 30 I, minutes? For the first thirty minutes, um, and even then, <laughs> even then, I'm like, I, I probably didn't give this as good of an attempt as I could have, um, so you know, look, I'm, I'm willing, and again, like that, like I, things, like, I love Lord of the Rings to an extent. I'm mm-hmm. not as big of a lover as a lot of people are. A lot of people like are like right. Lord of the Rings, like is the sun rises and sets on Lord of the Rings. I like Lord of the Rings. I don't really love it. I'm not someone who right. watches the extended editions once a year. Like it's not something that I do genuinely think, but I still like can appreciate. Just like I can appreciate the excellence of this Game of Thrones. I'm just like, eh, okay, I can take it or leave it. You know, it's it's just this thing. Um, whereas I think Mission Impossible, I think, really has it's come around to being the kind of this quintessential action movie. It's taken that genre and excelled it and put it in a place where like this is what an action movie really should be we're used to explosions and michael bay madness but this has actually got something to it it's actually has a great story great acting great writing it's really well done um but you have to like action movies you gotta like spy movies and stuff like that if it's not your thing then that's your thing it's totally my bag and it may not be yours so that's fine yeah yeah, I get that. And to answer Stephen's question in the chat, what about Kingsman? Um, Not seen that. It's a good question. I I do like the first Kingsman. The the second one, it kind of trailed off a little bit. But if uh, I was to ever give Ben a reason to watch those two movies, it would probably be the fact that you're drawing a similarity to Mission Impossible. And that uh, I believe Pedro Pascal is in the second one. He's in the sec. He's in the Golden Circle. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. And uh, I think he plays a cowboy. So hearing him with like a like a Texan accent is kind of weird. Yeah, that uh, was like that movie came out like before he was really on my radar uh, as like before yeah. he was Pedro Pascal, before he was the big deal. It is. Yeah. Pascal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like the first one. Second one's decent. I was not a very big fan of the prequel. The king, the king's man, king's man, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. The uh, Digimon Hensu, I think, was in that one. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just the thing that that really, really uh, grinded my gears, I guess, <laughs> was the post-credit scene that was meant to be like a big reveal, kind of like what they did in certain Marvel movies where big reveals happen to tease the, the next installment or whatever. And the big tease that they did in the post credits scene was a reveal of Adolf Hitler. Oh, (laughs) and I was like, are you freaking serious? Like you're taking one of the biggest real life human villains in the world's history and turning him into a cliffhanger plot device. (laughs) It was just, it, it felt so tacky and so poorly done. And it got so heavily memed and rusted, uh, roasted, not rusted, (laughs) roasted. It was just, 
<laughs> Steven says that credit scene was yikes and cringe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very much so. So, yeah, first Kingsman's pretty good. I, I don't have like a whole lot of love or hate for the others, but um, I think Edgerton is kind of what makes or breaks that franchise. And so when he's not in it or he has a reduced role in it, uh, then it's not as good. Yeah, it's it's they're they're they start doing these spinoffs of just like, yeah, let's do a prequel set like 100 years in the past. They're like, I think you're overestimating like how how strong this franchise is like really is. I think those probably the, the, the big thing in the movies is like, Oh yeah, it's, it's Taron Edgerton and he's doing his Taron Edgerton thing. And you know, we like him and Oh yeah, there's Pedro Pascal or whatever else. Like, you know, that they like that thing. Like everyone likes the, I've never even seen the movies, but I know the church scene where they're just going into yes. like, that's, people love that stuff, but yes. and it's this heightened reality and it's really good, but you kind of have to, they studios going back to studios and being studios um they kind of want to force the whole cinematic universe thing i'm just like oh we've got to expand this out really quickly like no it needs to be earned you gotta actually have people care about this thing for it to you know for it to work i agree i agree okay so we're we're i got i got i got two well three other things and then we'll get to our top five and i promise i will breeze through this because i don't think you've seen any of these things or played any of these things. <laughs> you see what I'm doing there? Uh-huh. Um, so um, I'm assuming you have not seen yet The Flash. I haven't gotten around to it, but it is on Max now, isn't it? It is on Max, and that's the one reason. Look, I I was not one of these people that was like sticking it to Warner Brothers. I didn't go see it in the theaters. I genuinely just didn't get a chance to. I intended to go see it in a theater. I know there's a lot of – lot said about that movie and about its specific star okay and all that aside okay this movie is weird um it's interesting i i don't know how to feel about it still in fact i think it would actually make probably for a really great podcast discussion because it it is all over the place it's a very mixed bag of a movie i know james gunn was like this is the greatest superhero movie ever and i'm just like I don't know where you're getting this from, man. Like, I love James Gunn and I respect <laughs> his opinion, but I don't know what he saw in this movie because there's a lot of good in it. There's a lot of good in it. Okay. It's got Michael Keaton as Batman, Sasha Kali as Supergirl. She's great. Ezra Miller, for for their to their credit, okay, regardless of what we think of them as a person, um, they do an incredible acting job in this. Um, and they're playing two different roles, which is kind of mind boggling. Um, but it's a it's a weird film, and there's some really great direct you know storytelling choices, and there's some really weird ones, and you know, and there's some some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in a movie is in this one. Um, full stop. It's real rough. Um, in fact, I think I would have a better opinion of the movie if they did like a director's cut, where you're just like, here's the movie just with better special effects. We just gave the VFX artists a few more months to perfect it because. It's rough in places. It's real rough. Um, but have you have you seen Meg Two? No, I have not. It is like Sharknado level animation. <laughs> well, see, now I'm gonna have to see it to compare. We're gonna, you're gonna, ha- I'm gonna have to watch 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 the, the trench, and you're gonna have to watch Flash. We'll compare notes, and we'll we'll come back and compare notes next month. <laughs> Looking forward to it. But yeah, it's um, 
it's wild, man. It's wild. Um, I, I look if you get a chance, it's on Max. It's for free. You can watch it. It's it's maybe worth two and a half hours, whatever it is, to watch it just to see what all the fuss is about because it's interesting. Although it got some of the worst Max numbers ever. It was not only a box office bomb, but like less people watched it on Max than ever. So it feels like nobody's seen the movie. Um, but I did see it, and I actually do want to watch it again because it's just it's kind of it's kind of like a train wreck. It's just – it's a weird – you can't look away though. Um, I hate to put it like that, but it's just the facts. Um, okay, one other movie that's one I just watched recently. We actually did it part of our movie nights on Star Wars Underworld Discord, um, and uh, myself and Joel, we sat around. We watched this movie. It's a movie I've been I've literally heard about since I was a kid for as long as I can remember. Obviously, it has a lot of it's, – it's very legendary in Japanese cinema. But it's also, I guess, most famous to Americans' audiences for being the movie that seemingly inspired George Lucas to create Star Wars. What I'm talking about, of course, is The Hidden Fortress. This is a Kira Kurosawa movie. It stars Toshiro Mifune, who was almost Obi-Wan Kenobi at one point. Um, and it's it's very, very interesting to watch. Um, you know, Obviously, it's it's a Japanese movie. It's, you got to watch it with subtitles, but it's well worth – taking the time and watching it because it's a, it's it's from 1954 56 um very old movie but very fascinating and myself and joel were sitting around and we're like oh oh my gosh there's this guy and this guy is clearly darth vader this is clearly like this guy there's a character in the movie that literally his whole arc is like he starts out a bad guy and then he has a has a confrontation with Shiro Fune, and then he gets a scar. And then, spoiler alert, he turns good in the end. You're like, we're like, this is Vader. This this is where George got Vader from. This, this is cool. So really interesting to see it through that lens. I think is really cool. So I think I definitely, if you're a Star Wars fan or just a fan of movies in general, I think you'd really enjoy it. Which film do you feel like had a bigger impact on the way Star Wars was created? Would you say? it would be the the hidden fortress or didn't i hear somewhere that like no i may be thinking of something else didn't wasn't there a samurai movie that that was also highly inspirational well there's a lot of samurai movies there's um uh there's yojimbo um and there's also there's also seven samurai I think it um, may have been seven samurai i was thinking seven about. samurai is very influential it it inspired the Magnificent Seven. It's Magnificent Seven is a American remake of Seven Samurai, which ultimately, like, there's multiple Star Wars stories. There's the Clone Wars episode, uh, Bounty Hunters, and there's the the Mandalorian episode, um, Sanctuary, which are both inspired by Seven Samurai. It's literally seven, like, like Clone Wars is like literally, th- th- you know, four bounty hunters and three Jedi getting together to to, to defend a village. That's Seven Samurai. Like, that's it. We all know the episode, um, and that's it. So that's very influential. It's definitely like some people I, – I heard Hidden Fortress was like, oh, it's a remake of Star Wars. Star Wars is a remake of Hidden Fortress. Like it's not that on the nose, but there is things. There's a princess. There's a general. There's this overarching evil empire in the background. There's a you know there's a lot of stuff going on, but it's obviously – there's other stuff. There's other things that influence, like you know, the uh, – it didn't play up the samurai – part of hidden fortress that i thought it would i think that's definitely the hidden that's definitely the seven samurai influence influencing star wars as opposed to hidden fortress so um 
it's uh I'm looking forward to getting more into that because I, I haven't seen any of the other movies. So and by the way, they're all on Max, so you can watch them pretty easily if you have Max. Um, they're very easily accessible. Very interesting. Very very interesting. Yep, there's there's plenty that needs to get added to my list. It's just you know maybe I'll have a little bit of downtime this week because I'm gonna have all those teeth taken out. I won't have as much to do. Maybe I can get can get something get yeah. something in over the weekend. Steven is getting punchy. Um, <laughs> maybe he. I, I think this is this is his passive aggressive way of saying, "All right, guys, get to it." Um, <laughs> okay. One more thing. I'm literally going to say like one thing about this, and then we're gonna move on. I'm gonna be done with my mm. list. I said I wouldn't take a freaking hour to get through this, but I did. I played maybe, something too. I didn't just watch mm-hmm. movies and TVs. I played something. Maybe the real hidden fortress. Maybe the real hidden fortress is the vacation spot we talked about along the way. But um, there you go. Um, oh. so I I got a new game for my Switch. It's Assassin's Creed Black Flag. I haven't played a game like this in long in in ever. Um, I never played up the Assassin's Creed game. I'm really getting into it. It's a lot of fun. Um, and I'll I'll report back. And I believe uh Jeff uh Jeff White. For high function, he has me down. We're going to be talking next money all about video games. So um, definitely tune into that to hear my extended thoughts about Assassin's Creed Black Fly. It's going to be fun. I have played it a little bit. Um, but what I have really taken away from it is the sea shanties that are on the playlist. Oh, Okay. Combine those with other ones that became famous from TikTok and other places, and there is a whole playlist on Spotify that is just sea shanties. And I have come to realize that a good way for me to warm up my voice between games or before a game starts is by singing a sea shanty or two. Because they've got like a call and response. They often happen in different pitches. So I can kind of go on the high note end or go on the low note end. And I will usually sing something like Wellerman or Leave Her Johnny or Santiana or something like that as a way of getting ready for a sporting event by singing a sea shanty. Interesting. Very interesting. So, yeah, I I may not have, have played uh, a whole, whole lot of the game. I've played some, but I I have still been impacted greatly just by the soundtrack from that game because sea shanties are, are very fun. They're very catchy, and I've learned that they're very useful. And very, and very fascinating to think through, you know, the fact that some of those songs probably been passed down for hundreds or thousands of years. That, too. Really old. That, too. They've they've been around since you have needed ships and needed songs to be able to pass the time while you're working on said ships. Because they didn't have Wi-Fi out on those ships. You know, they were out there months on end. They had to find a way to entertain themselves and keep themselves sane, and singing was one of those things. Well, and from what I understand, part of the reason why it's got a call and response that's to a very particular beat is because – you would actually be rowing your oars yeah, to the beat of yeah. the song, or you would be hoisting the sails to the beat of the song. And there would be one person on the ship that knew 
a, like a library of songs. And the reason they had such a call and response element to it was because there would be a designated shanty man that would help lead you in those songs while you're doing the work in order to make the work go by. That's crazy. Yeah. And then you, you, you imagine you going back, you're thinking like, Oh, you know, 15, 16, 1700s, those big sailing ships, but it probably goes back even further than that. Like probably the old Roman ships with the giant, you know, things where they had to get like 40 or 50 people on each side to like do the probably I'm thinking like the scene from like Ben Hur or something like that. Like, Oh, crazy yeah. stuff and this stuff goes back thousands of years these songs have been around longer than longer than anything taylor swift wrote <laughs> oh man <laughs> them's fighting words <laughs> i'm just you saying, really want to just saying <laughs> you really want to go after the swifty crowd right now <laughs> look i know no disrespect don't hate me swifties don't hate me swifties i have nothing but respect and 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 support for your lord and savior taylor swift okay don't don't hate me Uh, okay. Um, last thing, we're not going to really talk a whole lot about Ahsoka tonight because right. we're going to do a whole episode on Ahsoka next month. That's, that's basically going to be our October episode is we're going to wait until the season finale takes place and then we'll talk about Ahsoka in depth. But I do have to say, I am so glad that Hayden Christensen is getting the love that he deserves. It's so good, right? It's so good to see it, man. It's it's, it's things so and good. and he is so good. He is, he is so great. It just it just goes to show that all the people that are like Hayden Christensen can't act, you're all doofuses. You're all stupid. Watch the show and see. Watch Hayden Christensen act rings around all of you idiots. I mean, Hayden's acting, Rosario Dawson's acting. Ray Stevenson, man. Oh my, Ray Stevenson. He is freaking. Ray Stevenson is like a posthumous Emmy. Like, come on, come on, you got to do it. So we'll talk about all of that and the Clone Wars tie-ins, the Rebels tie-ins, the the exposition of character and lore that this show is accomplishing. In my opinion, it's quite a triumph. But there's we still got two more. Couple, we got we got two more episodes to go that we have not seen as from, of recording this. So this better to on, hold yeah. off on discussing it because there's just so much speculation. It's like what's going to happen next. It's like you know by the time well, you guys are hearing this, you'll have already known that by now. So our discussion will be moot. And by the, <laughs> I mean for all we know, the next two episodes are going to suck, and maybe <laughs> we're going to pan it. And be like, wow, this built up so much just for these last two episodes to be this? Oh, my that's gosh. What, that's, that's what awful. scares me because I'm like I'm watching this show and like each episode has been better than the last. And I'm like, please don't screw this up. Don't let this be the this episode that sucks. Please, Mr. Filoni, don't <laughs> suck. But, yeah, that'll be next podcast. Episode 366 yep. will be a in-depth Ahsoka recap. But tonight we're finally getting to our top five vacation spots. And I'm going to read off my brothers right off the top before I forget, if you don't mind. Absolutely. My brother, Joel, I have to tell you, has got to be one of the most loyal listeners IPC has got. He doesn't really join the live stuff, but he will listen to it on his apps after the fact. And he won't just listen to it. He will text me while he's listening to it 
<laughs> and be like, oh, that was a really funny joke you told, bro. And I was like, what joke? And he's like, the one from that Lord of the Rings episode. You mean the one from three years ago? <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut, man. <laughs> like, he goes really far back and consumes, like, every minute of whatever IPC he can find. And it's really, really touching because it's like, even when I'm not there, I'm still there. And and that means a lot. And so right. I told him that we were recording tonight. He asked what the topic was. And I said, I tell you what, if you can text me a top five before we do the show, I will read your list on the show tonight. And so he texted it to me. And for those of you who may have forgotten, because we talked about it like two hours ago, our topic tonight is our top five vacation spots. Top five vacation spots. If you're listening live, you still have time to send in your five in the chat here on uh, Zach the Voice's Mixler page. But uh, we also submitted the prompt over on our Facebook group. So if you are not a part of the Intergalactic Peace Hangout you need to go find that group on Facebook and become a part of it. That's kind of where we send all of our prompts right now. We're not really, you know, blasting them out on all the socials all the time because you never know if we're going to have enough time for it or not. Or, or, you know, maybe we want like an exclusive following over in one page so that we get a lot of engagement over on that one page. So go find the intergalactic piece hangout to get that prompt. But my gosh, uh, my brother sent in a five. My wife sent in a five. Um, it was a, a pretty productive prompt that uh, is really accessible because pretty much everybody travels. Even if nobody in our group watched Star Wars, they'd still be able to contribute to uh, to, to the prompt that was presented for this episode. So I think that's cool. I like the accessibility of this of this discussion. Yeah, and it also it avoids the elephant in the room of just like all the Hollywood drama and stuff like that. It gives us something, and I thought it was a nice little uh, little creative handicap to to give us yeah. give us give us something to to strive for and and to do something a little bit different. And I, it's surprising, like, like we've we've talked about a lot of things on top fives, we've never mm-hmm. talked about locations we're talked about vacation spots and you know not a, not everyone gets out as much as we want to i mean i've been a lot of places but i still haven't done as near as much traveling as i'd love to and um you know it's it's it, there's a lot of great places out there and some some stuff may you may even surprise me i've been everywhere man i've been everywhere man i've been everywhere thank you okay. for that um thank you for the um outro song i just just found it <laughs> there you go. Okay, on to my brother's list. Um, let me see what we've got here. So, um, we don't we don't travel a whole lot. I guess my brother doesn't go as many places as I do. Um, a lot of these places are um, are <laughs> here in Texas because <laughs> when we do travel, we really just kind of stay within the confines of the Lone Star State. We don't we don't leave it a whole whole lot. So um, at number five, he's got San Antonio, Texas, and he he likes the Mercado supermarket. So if you look up Market Square, San Antonio, there's a lot of really cool shopping and uh, vendors and stuff. And there's usually live music and authentic food and drink. Um, It's a it's a really great place to experience uh, Hispanic culture. So he really likes the Mercado and the San Antonio Zoo. Um, At number four, he's got Corpus Christi. 
which is where uh, Selena Quintanilla was born. It's the um, origin of my favorite restaurant, Whataburger. And there's a really great aquarium out there called the Texas State Aquarium. We went there this summer, had a great time. He really likes going to Corpus Christi for the beach, for the water, and the Texas State Aquarium. At number three, he's got the um, California's San Diego, is how he put it. California's San Diego is famous for its San Diego Zoo. When we went in 2018, one of the highlights of our extended weekend out there was going to the absolutely massive San Diego Zoo. And uh, apparently that memory stuck with him. So he loves the zoo. That's his number three is San Diego. At number two, Glen Rose, Texas. G-L-E-N Rose. Glen Rose. He really liked staying in the hotel that we went to out there. Glen Rose is the dinosaur capital of Texas. There are um, some dinosaur footprints at a local state park. There is a dinosaur-themed hotel, a dinosaur-themed Dairy Queen, and they also have a wildlife park that you can drive through. It's like a safari park where you can drive up and meet wild animals called Fossil Rim. So he really likes the wildlife park and the uh, dinosaur-themed elements of Glen Rose, Texas. And then he says, number one, my favorite vacation spot is Florida's Destin Beach. There you go. And he says it's because you can go down to the beach at night. When we drove um, to Florida, we actually drove through southern Mississippi, got to stop in and visit you guys for a little while. And uh, it, was, it was great catching up. That's the last time you and I saw each other in person, wasn't it? I think so. Man, it's been a minute. We better fix that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was what December of 2019? No, 2020. No, 21. We saw each other in 19 for Star Wars, and then I graduated class of 2021. So it was December of 21 when we came down there. So it's been like a year and a half, maybe more. That's that's messed up. Yeah, too long. But when uh, when we finished with dinner, it was another like two hours or something to get to Florida. And so we didn't get there until really late at night. But the place we were staying at had private beach access. So as soon as family arrived, they went down to the beach. And so um, his reason for putting Destin at number one is because you can go to the beach at night. And it's, it's real peaceful at night because there's oh, yeah. really no people out there. There's nobody just... there. And it's, yep. you just you hear the water, you can't really see the water, and it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. It is. So yeah, San Antonio, Corpus Christi, San Diego, Glenrose, and Destin are my brother's top five vacation spots. That's a great list. Thanks so much for sending, Joel. And thanks for being such a loyal listener. I know we got a lot of them, but I I just gotta give credit where it's due. I know a lot of people keep up with the current stuff, but he not only listens to the current stuff, he'll go back and listen to stuff that we recorded years ago and I've completely forgotten about by this point. Yeah, I love his dedication. I love I love just the fact that he is he is in your family and he like really enjoys the show and, and keeps up with it like nobody in my family gives a crap about my podcast. <laughs> like like <laughs> I love I love his dedication. Same. Very much same. Okay, we've also got responses over in the uh, Peace Hangout, and some of these are, like, really local, 
and some of these are like yeah. super not local. So it's it's really interesting to see the variety. You wanna um you want me to stop with start with Scott and we'll just arc to alternate down? Yeah, we'll just work our way down. Let's do it. All right. So first up we got Scott Forbes who comes in and says number five, Vegas, number four, New Orleans, number three, Vegas again. <laughs> I see what you're doing here, Scott. Uh, number two, the Dominican Republic, and number one, Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where he really enjoys going. What, oh, it's, I'm curious. I'm, 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 I'm actually. I have expected him to just like list three different things in Vegas. It's like the Vegas Strip, the Hoover Dam. <laughs> it's like, it's like right. there's a lot of stuff to do in Vegas. There is, yeah. And uh, that's that's also on my wife's list. The reason it's not on my list is because we haven't been yet, but we're we're tentatively planning a trip that would also include um, a couple of days over at the Grand Canyon, because apparently it's only like a two hour shuttle ride away. So you can yeah, like, every I mean, there's it's a lot of empty land in that area. Um, so, you know, things are far apart, but also they're not that far apart. Um, so it's, it's very, once you, once you're in the area, it's like, well, it's just a short drive away to the Grand Canyon and do yep. dam and all this kind of stuff. It's in the, in the vicinity. Yep. Yep. That's true. Uh, okay. So up next, I believe is Joey Mays. Joey Mays. He's got Plymouth, Massachusetts at number five. Just went with my family to visit other family. Enjoyed it way more than I expected. Fun mashup of a quaint beach town with an awesome history aspect. Actually, that sounds perfect. Like, history and beach? My gosh. <laughs> Ocean City, Maryland. Our standard family vacation. Lots of memories with my daughters, especially when they were quite young. See, nostalgia is a big reason why we go to San Antonio so often. We've got a lot of family down there. Uh, my grandmother was laid to rest down there, so we make it a tradition to go and visit her when we go down there. There's a lot of um, nostalgia attached to San Antonio, so I totally get that, dude. Uh, number three, Outer Banks, also known as Duck, North Carolina. My favorite beach vacation spot. Great rentals and quieter beaches than OCMD or the Jersey Shore. See, now I need to find out where this is because if it's got – Great rentals and quiet beaches. That sounds like a great getaway. See, okay. See, I have a little bit of experience with this. I will say, and I'll keep it brief. Outer Banks, I have been there. Um, it's really great. I think it's the similar area because this is this is North Carolina. Um, this is the same area where the Wright brothers first flew their first plane. Um, and that's a really great. It's not on my list for the record. Um, but I will say, really interesting. If you're if you're interested in history, and you're listening to interest in some really cool, really beautiful uh, beach, and some uh, really big sand dunes, um, it's a really cool place to visit. That sounds right up my alley as well. And you know what? What's kind of funny is in the past we've done top fives, um, in order to get inspiration for different things to discuss here on the podcast. You know. Like, right. what are your most anticipated movies of the year? Okay, well, they're really talking about Endgame. I guess we're going to talk about Endgame. Okay, I guess a lot of people said Star Wars. Well, guess what? We're going to talk about Star Wars. Um, now that we're getting these uh, these inspos, I'm like, man, maybe I need to go to, to Plymouth. Maybe I need to go to Outer Banks. So that's cool. 
Uh, at number two, Hawaii, gone once and going again in 2025, says Joey, and it just lives up to the hype. Immense beauty, great activities for all ages, bucket list item if you haven't been. Yeah, it's going to have to be a bucket list item because, you know, finances and all that, it's 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 expensive to go to Hawaii, but definitely yeah, something I would like to do. But yeah, and also on my bucket list, have not been there, but um, also where they filmed a bunch of movies, including Jurassic Park, and that's, See, that's that would why. be that that would be like you that gotta go to be all filming locations. That would be, I've that got would be to go list. there. I've got to go to that ranch, dude. I've got yeah. to go to that ranch. And then finally at number one for Joey, Walt Disney World. Could it be anything else? Perfect mixtures of memories, fun, nostalgia, unlimited entertainment options, elite swimming pools, something for everyone. I know some like to hate on Disney, but not me. Peak vacation is Orlando, 100%. For I completely understand where he's coming from there. I think it's a great choice. I, You know, I've never been, and the wife is getting on to me about it. Uh, I still hold to the idea that I want to go to a couple of other theme parks first so that um, they don't end up paling in comparison to how amazing Disney is. I, I've I, heard all of the things about how amazing and magical and fantastic that Disney is, and I want to go to like a couple of of Six Flags and a couple of other theme parks before I I crescendo at Disney. The problem is I ain't getting any younger, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's um look, I highly recommend Disney and and you know it's it's especially going at your age when you're kinda on your own and you at don't my age. <laughs> at your age. I'm I'm speaking as someone who's older than you. So um, you, um look I I know, I know. But um look Yes, Disney kind of ruins you on on theme parks because it's I mean, they they have it down pat. It's Disney. But um, yeah, you got to go. You got to go. And I'm I'm very extremely privileged when it comes to Disney. I used to we used to go like every other year like it was a big thing. I've been there more times than I can count. Um, So I'm very privileged when it comes to Disney. Um, But every time it's. It, they don't call it the magical place, magic, most magical place on earth for nothing. I'll tell you that. Yep, yep. Just gotta, just gotta save up. I wish we could be like travel bloggers and just go visit all these different places for our job. Cause someone pay me to go to places, please. Yes, I mean our view in Miami was impeccable. It was just immaculate, immaculate views. I would love to get paid to go there instead of having to pay to go there, you know, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the problem with, uh, life just doesn't work. Not only way. it's the opposite. You have to pay immense amount of money to go places and work, you're also, work, you're also not months. making any money while you're on vacation. So it's just oh, a lose, lose there. Oh yeah. I spent for sure. There so. Georgia saying you better be coming out to California one of these days. Yeah, I mean, she she's been to San Francisco before and wants to be like my tour guide. So, I you know, I want to go to the Bay Area, but again, money. Like I want to go to Hawaii, but money. It's funny you mentioned San Francisco. We've got another list from our good friend Chris Eagle who I respect his opinion very much so because he's someone I know has been to a lot of places, has done a lot of cross-country traveling. He's seen some things, and this is his top five. So number five, San Francisco. Uh, number four, New York City. 
number three, San Diego, number two, Vegas, and number one actually kind of surprised me here, Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah, I I don't think I would have expected Nashville to be number one, especially with so many big name ticket items like like Vegas and New York on the list. But um, I've heard good things about Nashville as well from my buddy Mondo, who's been out there for a wedding and. Um, there's a lot of music, a lot of bars, a lot of entertainment out there. So I, I think there's definitely something to be said for it. It's just I was not expecting that to be number one. So yeah, they've uh, yeah Nashville's nice. It's I mean you've got you got the Grand Ole Opry, obviously a lot of music history there, which is big. Um, they have the um the 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 big hotel there i can't forget the name of it but it's massive massive one of the like one of the biggest hotels on the planet um and you know it's there's just a lot going on there it is you know obviously beautiful country too um so yeah i totally understand where he's coming from there with that with that list great list okay on to jesse bennett another longtime fan friend listener we've been on all the above on his program, Question Possible Answer, he financially contributed to one of my radio trips that I went on for the baseball season this past spring. Um, very grateful for him and all the support that he's been given. And we want to give him uh, a shout out and, and a wish for all the best of luck. He is starting law school, which is a incredible, amazing, incredible, incredible feat. Takes a lot of guts and bravery to do that. Um, I just. Super, super proud of that guy. He is working his butt off to achieve his dreams, which is awesome. Um, He's got Galveston, Texas in his top five, though. Dude, you need a better itinerary. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry. I wouldn't even put Galveston in my top five places in Texas to go to. (laughs) Sorry. But my wow, God. you haven't even read off his list. You're already you're already roasting I'm him. Already taking a dump on See, his list. I know list. you said all those nice things about him earlier, so, so you can tear him down in this top but five. I can do all that. <laughs> Angel Fire, New Mexico. That's just a badass name. I gotta put that out yeah, there. Yeah. Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Destin, Florida, and number one, Anaheim, California. An honorable mention to Washington, DC, but he was there for an educational trip, so it was not a vacation. Kind of redeems himself with the rest of this list because Myrtle Beach, I have heard amazing things about. That's also on my witch list. Destin, I've been to. Fantastic place. Anaheim, fantastic. Like, really, really redeems it. But, dude, if you're going to go to the Texas coast, please go anywhere but Galveston. <laughs> like, right. Like, Galveston is just, it's so murky and so dirty most of the time. <laughs> And there's not really a whole lot of, like, thriving life there as far as, like, things to do. And what's sad is my my cousin and cousin-in-law live down there. And so I'm, I really hope they don't listen to this show. I don't think they do. <laughs> but I haven't been to Galveston in years. But I have been to other parts of the Texas coast that I definitely prefer. And spoiler alert, they might end up on my list. So I really like 80% of what you've got there, Jesse. But Galveston throws up a bit of a red flag for me. Got to be honest. Yeah, that's I like his mention of uh, Washington, D.C. I feel like it's the one that I don't think anyone else mentioned tonight. 
Certainly wasn't on my so. list. Certainly wasn't on my list. But Washington, I know, it's being that it's Washington D.C., the seat of our government. It's um, you know, it's got a bad rap for po- political reasons, and people have a lot of things to say. But it is actually a really nice place to visit, and obviously a lot of history there. So it's um, you know, just going there to to visit is really a lot of fun and it's it's a great walking city too you can walk around and see a lot of stuff so i just did a quick google search of angel fire new mexico because i was curious like it's got it's got it's got a cool name but i had never heard this to be honest what is it um apparently it is a village kind of a resort driven village at the very bottom new mexico side of the rocky mountains so it's a part of the of the Rockies, but it's not part of the Colorado Rockies. And there is a Angel Fire ski resort that has really good ratings. And it has ski slopes, terrain parks, summer mountain bike paths, and a zip line. And then uh, Angel Fire is also home to the Vietnam Veterans Memorial State Park. Interesting. So you go there for the views and a little bit of Vietnamese uh, Vietnam War history. Very cool. That's kind of off, kind of off the beaten path, and some of the best things this are that true. way. This is true. Sometimes you find those uh, those diamonds in the rough that you weren't expecting to. So yeah, that's why it's so much fun to 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 drive. I know it's not always easy to drive, and it's not time doesn't always allow, but um, just driving places you you, know, you, you you most of the time you're just flying over them and it, and it sucks because you don't get to see the country and there's there's just so many things that you you would never expect to see on the side of the road yeah i love a good road trip i don't love the gas prices but i love a good road trip yeah that's thanks that that's that's another downside to it all this this next one is pretty international. There's there's a really good mix here from from Chris and and I know that yeah. he just finished um, an international trip, so uh, I think a lot of this may be um, fairly recent. Yeah, I think because uh, Chris Abbott, aka Star Raptor, a good friend, um, he just got back before um, from uh, from from Celebration London. Um, and he had this to say about his. He, I'm assuming he went to London then because he says number five is London for him. Number four is Vegas. Number three, I'm assuming also was on this trip, Amsterdam. Uh, number two, Orlando. And number one, Anaheim. So cool to see that he's he's from New York. So it's cool to see that he um, has been around the world, but he still considers Anaheim to be um, top of the list, which I can't confirm. Um, and I'm as great. I have not been across the pond yet. That's a huge, huge, huge bucket list item for me is to just do do the whole European thing um, one day, one day. But, um, yeah, this is a great list. I believe he also went to Berlin. I could be mistaken. But, yeah, he, he took the opportunity, rightfully so, to try to see other parts of Europe while he was out that direction. Um, if I was in his shoes, I probably would have done the exact same thing. So uh, I'm glad that he was able to make the most of that trip and ended up finding some really great spots to to travel to. So indeed, that's great. Indeed, that's great. All right, on to Dan Grievous, who does live across the pond over in Bulgaria, uh-huh. and uh, every one of his vacation spots is in the states. <laughs> 
He, he lives in Europe and could pick any of the places that he's been to in Europe. And his his list is as follows. Chicago at number five. New York at number four. Los Angeles at number three. Orlando at number two. Anaheim at number one. Is this the first mention we've had of Los Angeles so far? I think it is. I guess so. Yeah, as a, as a thing. I mean, obviously... Some people will consider Anaheim to be kind of part of Los Angeles, and it kind of is, I guess. But, like, specifically Los Angeles is, uh, you know, that's uh, cool that he mentioned it. Um, and I just want to say, like, you know, as much as we I, we over here pine for, like, Europe and whatever else, like, we also don't appreciate what we have here as Americans because there's just so much diversity and just – so many amazing places and cities and environments. You can see the mountains or you can see, you know, deserts, everything all on this one little patch of land that we have called the United States. Um, little. Very, very, very diverse. There is so much out there. So, so much out there. And what's funny is Dan has been to some places that I haven't been to. I have not been to New York. I have not been to Chicago and I've not been to Orlando. So I feel kind of bad as an American that there's a European out there who's been to more places in the States than I have. I'm telling you, and I will encourage everyone, if you're an American, you live in the United States, there's so much for you just within driving distance. You don't need a passport. I mean, technically speaking, you can drive to Alaska. I don't necessarily recommend it, but it's on this continent. (laughs) You can drive to it. I would rather cruise there. I've done that. (laughs) An Alaskan cruise from like Seattle to Anchorage or something like that. That would be what I would want to do. Yeah. The one I went on, we actually flew there and then cruised back to um, uh, Vancouver. Um, That's pretty cool. So, yeah. And you go through the fjord. It's a whole thing. We'll we'll just, we'll have to, we'll have to just take a whole episode just to talk about our favorite trips. Um, Uh, This is just favorite destinations. I don't have time to talk about any of this stuff. Oh, man. Oh man, yeah, we still have to do our five, damn it! Oh God, we need to, we need to keep. We moving. need to move along. Um, um, okay. So, um, I'll, I'll, you, want, you, you, you take your, you take your other halves ones. Yes, I'll, I'll take, I'll take my bride's list, and then you can round us out with Stephen, right. and then um, we'll, uh, we'll get into our five and try to close this thing out. At number five. My wife has San Francisco, California. She went out there with her brother and a friend of hers and oh, yeah, yeah, wants yeah, yeah. wants to wants to go back out there. So the fact that it's in her five um, probably needs to send up some signals to me to to actually um, start making plans to go back out that way. So San Francisco at five. San Antonio clocks in at number four. And then another San. Wow, she's got San, 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 San Francisco, <laughs> San Antonio. And then San Diego at number three. That was our honeymoon spot. Number two, Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado and the neighboring towns. Very, very scenic. I, I don't think Colorado has been mentioned yet, but the the Rocky Mountain National Park was probably the best hike I've ever been on in my life. It was That's great. amazing. And then number one, Destin, Florida. She's been there several times with her family, came out that one time with uh, with our family. But then she put in parentheses pretty much anywhere in Florida because she's been to Orlando as well. We just got back from Miami. So Florida is just a really great vacation spot for us. That's great. Yeah. And I love that. Like Destin's 
not almost feels like home to me um because it's it's so close to me um and i i take all the beauty of florida and everything like that and especially destin for granted because i live so close by that i never go to the beach <laughs> i just drive by it occasionally um but you know it's it's beautiful man it's so good and it's you know it's incredible um yeah Florida. I know Florida gets a bad rap, but it's 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 a, it's a it's a gorgeous just state. The men, not the state, just the just the men. Florida man does this. Florida, Florida man beaches does that. are fine. It's Florida man or Florida woman that uh, kind of muddies the water. Let's put it that way. Or, or Florida governor that comes up with some <laughs> BS regulations. But no, this is not a political we're not, pod. We're, we're not going there. We're not. We don't have time for that. We don't. Uh, and we don't I don't have time read for what email. we were originally going to talk about. God, no, no, we don't have time for any of this. I'm just going to go straight on into Stephen Schinder's list, who says in no particular order. I'm just going to move on. I'm not even going to mention it. Um, he says, uh, first off, Scottish Scotland Highlands. It feels like being in the Middle Earth, um, which is really good. Scotland is obviously on my bucket list. Um, I think they shot some Andor there, too, which is cool. Um, <clears throat> Brighton, England. Studied abroad there, and it has cool shops and pubs. Again, bucket list item. Great. Um, he says, London, cool shops, musicals, and other events. Uh, San Francisco, nice scenery, restaurants, and art. And then finally, San Diego, great beaches, complete with fake rocks. Wow, that looks real. And now that I've now that I've finished um, episode six of Ahsoka, I understand your without context memes finally. <laughs> yeah, I uh. I was a little too proud of that one because I was like, what can I do with this? Can I do like a fake rock one? But then like that was the first thing that came to that. And mine was Madagascar. I'm like, this is oh, this yeah. is too good. This is too oh, good. Oh, yeah. It's perfect. It's perfect. I really like this list, Stephen, because it's, it's got some some international stuff. It's got some some local stuff, some stuff that I agree with, some stuff that I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, I I think eventually uh scotland and ireland will be on our bucket list but those are one of those another ones that just gotta save up for it just really really gotta make plans like joey he's like making plans for 2025 already and it's like 2023 or something like that and i'm like oh my gosh we're gonna have to make plans for like 2030 to go (laughs) to go across the pond but it'll happen eventually yeah Okay. Okay. So we, we are we here? We're oh, we're finally here to our to our list. We can finally talk we, about our stuff. Yeah, we are. And I'm gonna have to give myself like a 60 second time limit or something in order to get all of this in. My gosh. Yeah, I have so much to say, so much I could say, but I really need to limit myself. So I'm gonna try to edit have, myself as much I as have, possible on the fly. I have dental surgery in the morning, and it's almost midnight. So. Oh, God. Yeah, we really we need to wrap this shindig up, man. Um, but, okay. Um, okay, you want to go first? You shall I? Yeah, I'm gonna list off an honorable mention if I can, because yeah, um, I, I I do have an honorable mention. I, I had to look at all this and I was like, oh man. Um, this this is one that I I've only been to a few times, but I really really enjoy every time that I go. Um, it's very private, very secluded. Hardly anybody knows about it. And uh, it just doesn't have that big beachy feel. In fact, there's only one grocery store within like 10 miles of this place. It is super, super secluded. And 
I think it's the seclusion that I enjoy. You have a lot of privacy on the beach. You have a lot of privacy in town. Um, there is a bit of a nightlife, but not a whole lot. And um, it's just, it's become like one of those family nostalgic places. And I may be kind of giving away this little gem, but it's called Port Aransas. And it's about 45 minutes away from Corpus Christi. So um, it's it's a bit of a drive to get there. But once you get there, you really, really enjoy how private and secluded it is. And so um, that would be my honorable mention, Port Aransas, Texas. And then at number five, it's going to be another beach. Surprise, surprise. Um, I've only been once, but the time that I went was really, really great. And um, I actually really, really liked the neighboring town of Miramar Beach. But I'm going to put Destin just because it's easier. Yeah. Destin... Um, can be a little busy sometimes, depending yes. on the time of year. But Miramar Beach has the exact same views. Hardly anybody knows about Miramar unless you're a local. And Miramar's beaches are not nearly as busy. So you can go to the Destin area and then just go down another little ways. And um, Miramar's are just as nice and not as busy. So the Destin area is really great, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's what's nice about you know Florida is that you have the the big the huge beaches. Your your Destin, your your Pensacola, your um your Miamis, your your St. Augustines, but there's all these smaller towns in between that are are less known and you know usually in just quite little communities um where there's not as many people and it's still just as beautiful if not more so. Um um and keeping with that theme, keeping with the Florida love theme okay we're big fans of florida here okay so i'm going to keep with the theme apparently and my my honorable mention is one it won't be the only mention of florida in my list but it's uh -oh. the first one and it is definitely um it's going to go all the way as far down as you possibly can go in florida and that is of course key west florida um i've been there several times it's going pretty popular place for my family to go over the years um it's just beautiful it, especially i especially recommend just going down there and and like you don't just fly to key west you like go to miami and then drive down to key west um because that's where um <clears throat> you see all that beautiful water it's crystal clear blue um, oh my and you have, you know it's you just you skip from one key to the next to the next and it's a long drive but it's such a there's beautiful a, view for the entire way. There's a there's a lot of road. It's just State Highway One. State Highway One goes from it goes the entire East Coast, but it ends in Key West. Oh um, my gosh! And they have a famous thing in you know in in Key West. It's mile zero. It's this it's, it's zero mile that you get. It's the end of the road in Key West. Um, Florida Keys Aquarium Encounters. Yep. Yeah. Oh, there's an aquarium down there. Oh yeah. man. And there's okay. a ton of stuff to do on the way to Key West. Like there's there's shops and restaurants and all each key kind of has its own thing. Um so a lot to do, a lot to see. Um definitely go in the daytime. Don't don't just drive in at night and go to Key West. Like take yeah. the day. Take the day to yeah. drive down there. Um because you're gonna see some wild stuff on the way. The closer you get to Key West, the more iguanas you will see everywhere, and then when you get to Key West, there's there's roosters running amok in the entire city. Um, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. 
Um, and uh, someone who who really loved Key West, who just recently passed away. Hats off to Mr. Jimmy Buffett, um, who recently passed oh, away. Oh yeah. Really sad to see him go. And he 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 sang a lot about Key West. I think he went to the Key West a lot. Um, yeah, and just yeah. But Key West is a great place. Um, but 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 my number five is not in Florida. It's not even close to Florida. It is. Have you ever heard? Of the Henry Ford, not Henry Ford, the Henry Ford of the Henry Ford. I don't the, believe so. So the Henry Ford. It, it is a museum. It is a museum. It's in Dearborn, Michigan, which obviously is in this this that big, obviously made famous by Henry Ford himself for being kind of the birthplace of the automobile. Um, and so. It's famous for that, but what people don't know about Henry Ford, and yes, Henry Ford, don't look too far into Henry Ford's history. I'll just put it that way. He's He's got some shady past there, but in that, he kind of became a klepto of history. Let's just put it that way. He collected a lot of things, um, and you know… You could – I don't know. You could say maybe he he shouldn't have taken all the stuff away from where it was. Maybe he was maybe it was a bad thing. I don't know. But ultimately what you're left with is a ton of things. There's both a giant building with a bunch of museum artifacts, and there's a whole thing called Greenfield Village, which is next door to it. And you will find – in the museum, you will find things like the, the, the limo where John F. Kennedy was shot. You will find the – the chair where Lincoln was shot. Um, you will find tons of other things um, that are obviously McDonald's hamburger arch. I think they have an entire McDonald's in the in the building, um, and along with all kinds of other stuff. There's enormous steam engines. That are in the building. This is a massive, massive, massive place. There's a whole section, a whole wing of it that's just trains and just like rows of just enormous steam engines and locomotives, and it's just crazy. And then you will go next door to the the Greenfield Village, and it is just a giant park where they have moved all these different buildings. There is the building where um, the Wright brothers. Both the building where they the, – the house where they grew up in and also the building where they first created their right flyer. Um, there's Daniel Webster's house of Webster's Dictionary. Um, there is the the, um, the the courthouse where Abraham Lincoln first practiced law, um, and these are all – have been transplanted, moved from where they are. Like the Wright Brothers stuff was in – you know, was in – I believe was in Ohio. They moved it to Michigan. The Abraham Lincoln stuff was in Illinois. They moved it there and transplanted it brick by brick, recreated it, and it's the real stuff. It's None of it is a reproduction. It is the actual. It looks like – it looks fake. You're like, this is, a, this is a recreation of the courthouse. No, it's the real thing. It's the actual this thing. This is the courthouse. This is the courthouse, and it's just amazing. Um, and obviously, I'm sure I'm miss, I'm leaving out a lot of bunch of stuff because I've been in a couple times, and it's it's really amazing to see it all. But um, if you like museums, um, I would say it's the mother of all museums. Wow. Yeah, I've I've seen some pretty impressive museums in my time, but my 
my goodness, that was just just looking at the at the village map was a little overwhelming. I'm like, holy crap, you could not see. It's huge. The, the, you could the, you mean, probably would need two days for that experience, one for the museum and one for the village. I would I would say you could probably spend a week there and not see everything. Oh my god. I've I've been I've been to the museum like two or three times on multiple vacations have not seen everything. Wow. It's crazy big. Yeah, that is ridiculous. That is huge. But I highly recommend it. Go see it. <laughs> this is yeah, I am not being paid. I am not being paid by the city of Dearborn no, or the Henry not, Ford. We're not being paid by any of these, you know, visit visit Destin, visit Dearborn, you know, travel companies. This is just this is just our personal endorsements, and apparently it's taking three hours to get through all of it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, okay. Your your number four. Let's keep going. My number four is one that I went to uh, this year. Actually, I went on a really great trip with uh, my in-laws and got to see mountains for the very first time. Um, most of my family vacations were to the um, beaches when I was a kid, and so I do have a soft spot for the beaches. But there is something truly breathtaking about Colorado, and it's a different type of breathtaking. You know, when you look out into the ocean and it's just a vast nothingness, uh, the, the void of it all just makes you feel so small and insignificant. But when you look at a mountain and how huge it is and, and how difficult it is to traverse and all of the nature that encompasses it and how it's it's soft and green at the base and then it can be cold and cloudy and snowy at the top it's just such a a broad range of nature and life that you you can't help but but feel enthralled by it and so we we talked about it with uh, my wife's entry but I'll I'll reiterate Denver and the surrounding area we stayed in a little town called Winter Park that was awesome uh, we went during the off season, so there wasn't any skiing to do, but there's still some great tourism over there. There's still some great food over there. I had an elk burger oh, while we were up there. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. That's how you sample the local fare was having elk. Um, but just overall, a really great trip, really great views, scenery, hiking, et cetera. Um, I, I would definitely recommend the Denver area as a place to to hike and explore. Mile high city and a lot to do and so much beautiful, beautiful scenery there. And just, yeah. And also yeah. I just love, I love that part of the country. Cause like down here and you, you, I mean, I say down here, it's just like the Southeast in general, like everything is just kind of like close together. You go from one town to the next to the next, like you get out there, things are so far apart. Like you'll go down the interstate. And it's just like, Oh yeah, there isn't another McDonald's for another hundred miles. Like there's just nothing between here and there. Um, you're, these things are so spread out and just like you have Denver, but then there's not much else outside of that. And you've got a long ways. Um, it's very, very humbling to be out there. And, um, yeah. Well, okay. So here's the other thing that, that blew my mind. Um, the elevation levels that you can stay at, um, in my hometown of Arlington, the elevation off of sea level is 604 feet. In the town that we stayed in at Winter Park, the elevation is over 9,000 feet <laughs> above sea level. <laughs> I, Crazy. I got airsick. I had never been up that high before. 
but 9121 is what I'm getting from Google, and it's 5,280 feet to make up one mile. We were 1.7 miles straight up in the air when we were staying in that town, dude. It, it when you've when you've lived real close to sea level like we have, <laughs> it's a real big adjustment doing that. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But it was still a really fun trip. Highly okay. recommend it. Denver great. at number four. Great, great, great. Okay, well, my number four is one that we've we've talked about it enough already. In fact, I talked about it earlier. Uh, I didn't want to give away it was my number four, but here we are. Um, Walt Disney World. In Orlando is my number four. Um, what can I say? I've been there tons of times. I never get tired of it. I never things. In fact, it's it's more freeing after you've been there a few times. You can kind of just go at your own pace. You're you're not really trying to see. Oh, I can see this and this and this. I've kind of been there and done what I wanted to do. But still, every time, like any time, it's like okay, we're gonna go to Disney at the end of the year. I'm like I'm hyped. I'm hyped. I am beyond hyped for the rest of the year. I'm looking forward to that. You know. For for months and months and months, Disney World. Look, I know Disney with the strikes and everything like that. You know, it's it's. I don't want to throw too much praise on them, but damn, they can make a theme park. And Disney <laughs> Disney is what it's cracked up to be. It is one of those places where um, you know, they they, they, they we're going to Disney World. Like yeah, okay, yeah. That's what you would do if you just won the Super Bowl, okay? It's, yep. It is It is that important. So my number four is Disney World. That's great. That's great. I've been to land, and land blew me away. I can only imagine how much more world land, is going to. Land through. is great. Land is great. I'm not as experienced with land. I've only been there a couple times, so um, I can't speak to that as much. But uh, yeah, it's it's definitely similar. Well – my number three is actually the area that we just got back from. I was not expecting I, – I didn't know what I was really expecting from, from this trip to Miami. But I, I was not expecting to have as fantastic of a time as I ended up having. Um, the people watching was great. The food was great. The cultural experience was great. The amenities were great. The people – were for the most part very friendly and the um the place that we stayed at was in a little town just north of there that's ironically called hollywood um hollywood florida has a lot of resorts and it's yeah. got a lot of more family friendly stuff than actual miami does and again like we were talking about when you go to some of those smaller places they usually have better beaches because everybody wants to go to South Beach. Everybody wants to go, <laughs> you know, to, to these particular places. And it frees it up everywhere else along the coast for people to go and have a great time. And so um, I just I really, really enjoyed all that we got to do there. We, we got to see um, a science museum. We went to the Cuban district called Calle Ocho, um, Little Havana, had some authentic, authentic Cuban food. And um, it was it was fantastic. And then the the harbor cruise that I told you about, you know, getting to see celebrity houses, open bar, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, stuff like that was was really great. Um, we were up on the 33rd floor of our Whoa. resort. Whoa. And to the left, you got to see the beach and the ocean go for miles. And to the right, you could see the canals and the city lights and the downtown area. 
And so we had the best of both worlds. We had a city view and an ocean view at our resort, 33 floors in the air. And so there just wasn't a thing about this trip that wasn't fantastic. And I know for a fact that we didn't get to do everything. So now I want to go back and I will recommend the Miami area to anybody who'll listen. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I mean, come on, Miami. It's just, you know, there's so much water and there's all these different things. There's so many bridges and whatever else. It's, It's gorgeous. Here's the other thing too. The cuisine was extremely diverse. You'll have your your basic, you know, chains and steakhouses and, you know, American type of food. But while we were there, we saw so many other types. I saw Japanese food, Jamaican food, Greek food, Italian food, Argentinian, Salvadoran, Cuban, Mexican, Turkish and Peruvian and I know that I'm missing some others. I feel like there was a Dominican restaurant that I didn't mention also. So there's just a ton, a ton of cuisine options to choose from. And they're all very, very authentic or authentic looking at least. So um, it was it, it was really cool to see that type of diversity there as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, – yeah, you got to get some of that local food, man. You got to – it's a big part of it, big part of the experience. Can be. It can be. Okay. All right. On to, on to your number three, I believe. My number three is we're just going all over the place here. We're just bouncing Why up not? and down. Why not? And mine comes literally as far north as you can go in the continental United States, minus Alaska. This is not Alaska. This is in the lower 48. Let's put it that way. Um. This is a place – tell me if you've heard of it – Waterton Lakes National Park. I believe I have. Isn't that the place that's got like a castle on the ridge side? <laughs> you, you, you got it. You got it. I've stayed in that castle. <laughs> I have it's heard actually, of this, and I'm so jealous. So this is – this has been quite a long time ago that we did this. Um, but basically just Google Waterton Lakes, oh or you can God. look up the – I think it's called the – Prince William Hotel or something like this. This is look, I like I said, I've I've been to 49 states, okay? And this is all like before I was 18, I went to 49 states. Um, Man. Th- this is all things. I'm 31 now. I'm I, I haven't done it's funny, I haven't done near as much traveling as I've been older as I did when I was younger, just because I guess my parents were just crazier back then. They just wanted to go all the time, and we saw a lot of amazing places, and they were hell-bent on getting me to 49 states. So I did that. We've been to Alaska and everywhere else. Um, this is genuinely still one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen in my entire life. Dude, um, just this the is, pictures on Google. I can't imagine in person. So, if yeah, if you need, if you want to, like, a... A, a view of this definitely google water lakes for those of you who don't know this is in just barely into canada if you go to glacier national park which is north montana and then you go into canada from that you can actually enter canada from there you go into a bordering national park in canada called waterton lakes and it's this you get there and Obviously, you see this giant castle-looking structure. It's like this thing you would expect to see in like a, in the Swiss Alps and like this. This yes. ornate, 
um, big house on top of a giant hill, and you go up there, and then you can just see for miles out this giant valley with, you know, this giant what you would call a fjord, I think, with this water running through it, and it's just gorgeous. <laughs> it's so amazing, and I remember going this, and you know, just amazing to see. And there's a small town actually, I think, behind the hill. If you most of the shots you see are kind of like you see the mountains in the background, and the the, the hotel is here, and mm-hmm. the thing there, on the other side of the hill, there's a there's actually a town down there with all kind the of in the, of shit. in the valley on a little peninsula hidden behind right. it. Right. Yeah, so I um, see it. Yeah, and so you can you can go down there. I remember being there, and small quick story. Um, the power went out. Um, for some unknown reason, the entire oh. the entire city went dark. No, no, no lights whatsoever. Oh um, my. So we had to find our way back to the hotel um, while this was happening. It's pitch black, no lights, no anything. Um, it was crazy. Um, but that just, but it it was it's secluded. Like you're li- you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you're literally so secluded. You have to drive miles and miles and miles just to get there, and then you know you're in this amazing place um so yeah it's as far as beauty wise it's amazing to see it with your own eyes the, look as, as as beautiful as the pictures are i'm looking at them right now i got a few myself actually that i took i still have um the pictures don't do it justice by any means to see it for yourself is amazing. it's a long ways up there by the way okay it's a long ways montana is so far away you have to go past montana to get there so it's it's a really far away but Oh, if you man. make it, it'll be worth it. You drove up there? We drove. Oh, my <laughs> I have God. Drove, my family has drove multiple times out up there. Not to Montana, oh. but to in the area. My gosh. That is crazy. I, just the pictures alone make me want to go, dude. Like I can't imagine how that must look because that's mountains and water and small town and aesthetic like those are all things that are right up my alley and that's and just... the hotel is as old as it looks like it's it's been there since so let's see prince william hotel i like to I like to look you can keep talking while i look this up but um it's i mean it, this stuff's it's not new it's not made to look old it actually is old <laughs> it's not like any kind of aging process that they did to it i get you um okay so um built at, in uh, 1927 sorry keep going 2027 uh my my number two because i need i do need to move things along a little bit mm-hmm. is one that my brother actually had on his list and one that my wife had on her list and it's it's going to be a saint and it's going to be fairly local uh san antonio texas has has a very special place in my heart it it is a it is a short drive for us and takes you know less than a quarter of a day um but it um it is so full of hispanic culture and uh food and uh tradition you can just tell that it feels different from anywhere else in the state and it, it doesn't feel like Austin. It doesn't feel like Dallas. It doesn't feel like Houston. It is almost like its own thing. And it has so much history. It has uh, so much uh, great, great music, great food. Um, there is a barbecue chain from down there called Bill Miller that 
I Bill will Miller, still, yeah. I will still swear up and down till the day I die about how great Bill Miller is. Um, but truthfully, there's also just a lot of nostalgia attached to that. That was our family's vacation spot. And we would go to SeaWorld. We would go to Six Flags. We would um, go to the Riverwalk. And um, there's there's just so many other things to experience out there, too. There's um, there's the Tower of the Americas where you can see the downtown area. There's a whole bunch of missions, not just the Alamo. The Alamo is great to visit, but it's also kind of touristy. Um, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of other missions out there that were also um housing um people during the time of the of the revolution and they didn't become forts and so you get to see the preservation of the churches and and what what going to church what going to mass would look like back in the day it's completely preserved and it looks fantastic the art is amazing and so there's just so many components that make up something beautiful about San Antonio. But, um, you know, we kind of have to pick and choose what we're going to do when we go down there because we can't do everything in one weekend. And I would not recommend doing everything in one weekend. But there's definitely enough to see and do and taste and hear and experience. Um, There's a really great rodeo that takes place down there as well. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs are like the only professional team in town. And so everybody loves their San Antonio Spurs basketball, no matter how much they suck. <laughs> and so there's just a lot of city pride. There's a lot of great sense of community. And it's just it's a great place. And and I I always enjoy when I go back there. It's been a long time since I've been to San Antonio. Almost. I think I mean, I, I don't We're in the home know. Stretch, folks. Yeah, we are on the whole stretch. I promise. <laughs> we are very close to the end. I promise. Only anecdote I will say about San Antonio is that I loved it. I, it's been a long time, but I, I would love to go back. And it's and things that I could tell it's very special to you guys because it's so close to home and it's a, you know it's a very nice vacation. But it's just so nice. The Riverwalk is fantastic. So good. They they sometimes during Dia de los Muertos will do a cocoa themed parade on the water. With uh, with oh, the Alebrijes so and good. and and some of the skulls and things like that, and uh, they'll do it in the evening, make it a whole festival with music playing and stuff, and the the boats get decorated like you would see on a float for a parade, but uh, they're all Dia de los Muertos themed, and they're they're just fantastic. It's such a great event. Yeah, that's that sounds that sounds amazing. That sounds so good. Um, is it my turn for my number two? It is time. Drop your deuce, sir. All right. So um, this one, it's already been talked about quite a bit tonight. A lot of people have this on their list. I think it made an impression on a lot of people that anybody that's, that's been there definitely made an impression on me. It's a place I haven't been to in quite some time. I've been there a couple times, um, and for a variety of reasons, I really love this city, and it's, and it's San, San Francisco. Um, it's just – I mean – for one, it's the home of Lucasfilm, and I was, you know, it's it's, it's mind blowing to go there and, and see Lucasfilm, you know, the the, the, uh, the headquarters and get to go in the 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 whole. They have the you know the visitor center there and the things that that iconic Yoda statue. It's all there. You can go visit it. It's really cool. It's just a beautiful city, though. It's a it's a city that I could like. I genuinely like 
like where I live, and I don't really have huge aspirations to move across country. But if I did, San Francisco is like a city I could see myself living in and some like place that I would genuinely like I would love to live there. I don't know if the price of living would agree with me yeah. on that. Um Hella it's definitely expensive. a lot of overhead to live in San Francisco and it would take a lot. But in a dream scenario, it would be that's come on. It's just it's so iconic. It's so beautiful. Um the weather is crazy it's so different it's mostly cold there <laughs> it's um it's very different even from la but um it's a city that I, I love 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 to visit and it's on my number two well it's been on a lot of people's lists it's on your list it's on my wife's list i guess i need to add it on my like to-do list because i want to go to alcatraz i want to i want to do some of those typical touristy things but you know i, I want to go to the bridge i want to go to alcatraz I want to um, visit the the houses that they do the shots for for Full House. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're everywhere. You see a bunch of those. Yeah. So I I want to I want to do the whole experience and of course George lives out that way so we need to try to like you know do dinner or something. He says that uh, Chris and uh, Jake Damon have uh, both visited him and uh, he's uh, he's he's due for another visitor at some point perhaps. Oh hell so. yeah yeah you gotta. Can't miss George. Appreciate the love, George, as always. We've had three listeners pretty steady and topped out at like six at one point, but some people have gone to bed, and uh, hopefully I'll be the next one because we're at <laughs> 3.17 now. Good Lord, we have been podcasting for a while. I think at some point we need to stop calling this the podcast and just call it like Zach and Ben talk for once <laughs> a month. <laughs> like, but, that, but that's a podcast. That's we're what you just, call a podcast. We're just chatting. Dude. No podcast I listen to goes for three hours and 18 minutes. If I see a podcast episode of like Tom Segura and the machine go over two hours, I'm like, oh, God, I don't know if I'm going to listen to all of that. I can't imagine. In the immortal words of a legendary woman, ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) Apparently some people do because we're still going and people are still listening. But On on to my number one. And for some people, this may be a surprise because it's not a Texas location. Um, But for those who really know me, I feel like um, they they know what this answer is going to be. Um, We went there for a family vacation back in 2018. And then last year, um, my wife and I were originally intended to go to Puerto Rico for our honeymoon. And the power went out because of a hurricane. So we got our Airbnb refunded and used the money to pay for fare to go somewhere else. We landed on San Diego. And the way I justified it was we're going to do things that I didn't get to do the last time we went. And boy, was that true. We went on this really fancy dinner cruise we went to a museum district. There's a whole section of the park in San Diego that has like eight or 12 museums. And you can get like a pass um, that is good for seven days and take you into all of the museums um, based on what hours they're open and stuff. Because some are like closed on Tuesdays or some stuff like that. Um, but then there are so many different places to see the coast so many different sunsets 
so much nightlife, so many different cultural districts. Um, and then they've got sports like the Padres. And then they've got a, an amusement park, Belmont Park, that is right on the beach. You can go on a roller coaster and look out over the water on the hill of the coaster. And we just we had some amazing food while we were there. None of the restaurants were amiss at any of the places we went to. We went to so many different beaches and coastal towns to uh, take in the sunset from different places. It was just amazing. It was so, so breathtaking. And we were there for like a calendar week. I think we were there for like six or seven days. And I still don't feel like we got in everything that we could have done. So, yeah, it may not have a Disney. It may not have like a big bridge. But my gosh, San Diego, California has so many amazing things to do, not just beaches. They have some great beaches and they have some kick ass sunsets. But there is a lot to see and do and experience in that city that not even a full week felt like enough so that's why san diego is my number one it's a great choice wonderful choice love san diego i oh i was a i was a kid last time i was in san diego it's been a long time but it made an impression i remember it's beautiful and there's so much to see and do and you have everything from coronado island to you know obviously the legendary zoo and you know, it's just there's a lot to do there. So like I'm I'm like I remember I have like kind of faint memories of seeing things and you know, I remember seeing the Queen Mary and stuff like that, but you know, I really wanna like I wanna I wanna do the zoo, man. I wanna go to the San Diego zoo, man. I've been hearing about that zoo since I saw Madagascar. I gotta see, oh, that, see that zoo. It's fantastic. And, uh, the first time I went they had um pandas on loan from the Chinese government. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. First time I saw a panda bear in person, it was fantastic. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, great choice, great list. And you know what? I'm going to go ahead and throw mine, my number one out there. Land this plane, buddy. Land this plane. Because we have to get to bed, okay? And I could – see, it's bad because I could could go on for another hour about this next topic. This is – my number one is absolutely a cop-out because it's not a place – it's not even a city. It's a whole damn state. But I can't just narrow it down to one thing, okay? So I'm listing the entire state of South Dakota as my number one. What? And to me, and I don't know if this, this is the same thing, but South Dakota isn't a state that I necessarily looked at as like this is a tourist spot people want to go to. It's kind of a weird state that people don't really know where it is. And I think people think of Mount Rushmore, they don't necessarily know that it's in South Dakota. They're like, oh, it's somewhere out west. I don't know where Mount Rushmore is. It's somewhere out west. No, it's actually in uh, – it's in a place called um, – you know, it's in call, uh, a place called Hill City, South Dakota, which is near Rapid City on the uh, west side of the state. Well, there's so much more to do in South Dakota. There's the Badlands. There's Crazy Horse Memorial, which is the Indian equivalent, the Native American equivalent of Mount Rushmore. Um, there's the grasslands on the east side of the stage, which is massive grassland. There's Wall Drug, which is this giant 
drugstore slash mall slash you know crazy um, tourist trap in the middle of you know, out in the almost in the desert. And there's so much diversity in this day because it's kind of grasslands on one side and it's kind of hilly in one part. And you get to the far western side of the state, it's almost desert-like in a way. Um, there's so much thing. It's a bit. Um, it's a bit. Um, I'm a bit biased because I have family there. Actually, my mom was born in uh, Rapid City, South Dakota. I still have family there. Context. Um, so much context now. Yeah. So, so you're getting the full picture here. So there is my great great. I think it's my great great grandmother's, her, the barn where their farm was. I think it's still there. It's up kept up by some of our family. Um, but it's still there. It's amazing. I think you, if you scroll way, way back on my Instagram, you'll see a picture of it. Uh, I'll have to look that up, and maybe I'll share it in the group. But um, it's it's amazing to see. And like the, my mom has pictures of her mother telling her about how they survived the Great Depression, you know, at that farm. And again, so there's a lot of history there for my family. And then going forward, and my mom was born there but only stayed there for like a few days and then she ended up being raised in california and then came to mississippi that's kind of her life story um but ended up having a lot of family there because my grandmother and grandfather they were kind of out from out west they were in kansas city and all this kind of stuff and so kind of got roots out in that part of the country but that led to my family my me and my mom my mom and dad um making kind of pilgrimages up that way and going to things and i was i did it as a kid then we kind of did it more when i was getting to be adult um made i don't know five six trips at least most of which we drove the entire way which is it's a it's a long drive from mississippi to south dakota but completely worth it and yeah, no kidding um, but it's really amazing to see and I, I i think south dakota is not a state that i think people look to as it's like oh that's the place i want to go to but like there's there's so much stuff to see in south dakota and like mount rushmore alone is something that's like it's amazing to see it in person really is something that you it's it's kind of a living legend um in the sense that you know it's something that's like you see it on a postcard but like no it's that's thing things real you can walk right up to it and it's it's just it's it's hard to fathom how large and how amazing it is in person yeah it's not something that i've had the chance to experience but um the wife and I have, have kind of gotten into national parks and wanting to visit iconic national parks. And we're looking into, you know, logistics for inexpensive flight travel to different places. And so if there's a if there's a connecting airline that will end up somewhere in the vicinity or even within a decent driving distance, so we're not going all the way from Texas, uh, that is definitely something that we're going to be looking into so and see and see that and see with like flights you can very easily <clears throat> you can get a flight into rapid city and see most of what i just mentioned in a very short distance that's cool. um you can go to deadwood which is like this really cool like western town that's kind of stuck in the wild west uh it's really weird you can see the badlands you see mount rushmore you can see a bunch of different things all within a short drive of rapid city so most of it's on the website so if you get a flight in there you can see a lot of it and see Crazy Horse, which is a, a, a mountain carving that will never be finished because they won't accept uh, government funding. <laughs> and it's still under construction and will be. It has been for 50 years. So they, they won't take 
U.S. government money to finish their project, so they're just going to do it whenever it's done. Right, because it's Native Americans, and and if anybody knows Native American history, they know that's you know you can understand giving a middle sure. finger to the federal government, um, sure. but that 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 means that they won't accept federal funds, which means that they are well, it's like a you know. It's basically there's a face, but it's supposed to be this huge intricate carving, and they show you what it's supposed to look like. It's like, oh, it's amazing, but will it ever get to that? It's going to be like hundreds of years before they finish it. They need to open a casino nearby and use the profits from the casino. Yeah, or maybe one of these crazy billionaires just give them all the money. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Private donor? Yeah. 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 That would be interesting. Okay, but all that's to say it's getting late. That's my number one. Uh, if you want us to follow up on any of this, just let us know. We'll do a whole podcast on South Dakota or Destin or whatever else. Um, we'll have more in-depth discussions, but that's all I'm going to say for tonight. If you if you contribute to our travel, we'll do a live episode from one of these destinations. How about that? Look, we're our email. Our email is open. Our Twitter are open. Any of the city governments or state governments of the places we talked about can easily reach out to us and give us a grant and uh. Pay our way to go visit and talk. We can do, we'll do a podcast in your state. Yeah. Free if, just just give us just give us money. Just just, <laughs> just. I mean, even if you just comp our rooms, like we'll figure out how to get there. <laughs> like just comp our stay and feed us. That's all I'm asking. Jeez. Yeah. Like like look, I, hotels are half half the half the bargain there. Come on, mm-hmm. like you, you give us yeah. a place to stay, we'll we'll find a way to get there. We'll walk. Yep. 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 Well, speaking of local governments and city tourism and stuff, that actually ties directly into our final segment of the evening. It's going to be kind of abbreviated, but also kind of exciting. Uh, So get out your hashtags for those four people that are somehow still listening to this episode three and a half hours later. My God, maybe just break this up into two episodes or something like we do the top five as a separate episode. Who knows? That honestly might not be a bad idea. (laughs) Like. Just okay. There's the end of part one, and uh, here's part two. We're releasing it like uh, a week or two later. <laughs> oh my god! Anyways, get out your hashtags, folks, because it's time for hashtag BBQ Watch. Barbecue, 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 barbecue. Okay, Ben, this is actually pretty exciting, and I'm using up what little bit of energy I have left to get excited about this. <laughs> but did you know that there is a barbecue festival that goes on once a year i am aware of some but i don't think i'm aware of the one you're referencing this is being advertised as the biggest barbecue festival in america that's that's a that's a high bar to to make it's it's called q bbq fest and it's put together by a group that's based out of St. Louis, I believe. That makes sense. But they have been convinced to host their festival just outside the Dallas Cowboys Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Really? Wow. This October, October 7th and 8th, the Dallas Cowboys will be putting on a festival that will feature over 30,000 
pounds of brisket, chicken, pulled pork, ribs, and wings. Wow. BBQ Fest gathers the finest pitmasters from across Texas and the country to dish out award-winning smoked meats to BBQ lovers at AT AT&T Stadium. The family-friendly festival, which also hosts events in Kansas City and Denver, that's what I was missing, is a weekend-long celebration of diverse experiences, award-winning cuisine, local music, BBQ tutorials and demonstrations, as well as games and activities for the whole family. Tickets are broken up into either general admission three hours all-you-can-eat tickets or VIP four hours for all-you-can-eat and drink in local music, BBQ tutorials and demonstrations, as well as games and activities for the whole family. Tickets are broken up into either general admission three hours all-you-can-eat tickets or VIP four hours for all-you-can-eat and drink with exclusive meet and greets with VIP pitmasters. Oh, wow. So a GA, a general admission three-hour all-you-can-eat, starts at $69 a ticket. Damn. VIP four hours all-you-can-eat and drink plus meet-and-greet Starts at $139 a ticket. That is, that's wild. It's crazy how huge this is going to be. This is the best barbecuers from around the country coming to my hometown and cooking up barbecue about 10 miles away from where I live. Yeah, you're freaking your backyard. My gosh. I know. So, time to start saving up because come October, uh, it's, it's not that far out. Honestly, it's like the 7th and 8th, so that's like, what, two weeks away? I'm going to have to use one of my paychecks to pay for these, but me and the wife are most likely going to go to this thing, damn it. Yeah, I can't wait to hear back, because that, that does sound really amazing. The only one, the only other one I know is Memphis in May. I think I may have talked about it on this show. That's like the most iconic one, being Memphis as it is. Um, but it's very like prestigious and exclusive. There's nothing like that. You can't really like go there and eat. It's like it's a it's kind of the the competition is basically all there is there to it. Like you just go to the competition. Right. It's not like you can go there as a patron and like eat. Um, that that's the kind of barbecue competition that you'd like to go to. Is like, okay, sign me up. All I can eat for how many hours? That's okay. That's that's more that's more, that's more your yeah. style. Yeah, if you go on an empty stomach, you can consume a good bit of barbecue in three hours. I'm not going to eat for and a if, week going to this and place. If it's, and if it's that high scale, if it's that, you know, up there, then some of that brisket and stuff that you're consuming is going to be like 30, 40 bucks a pound. So if you get a half a pound, you know, per serving or whatever, it adds up pretty quick. All you can eat is not bad, you know. You and you get and if you have a pick of whatever you can, whatever you want, you know. Yeah. And you, and, and I'm sure you just you just travel from booth to booth and just try out the foods. The pitmasters have already been paid, and I think they get a share of like the the ticket sales or whatever. Probably. So, yeah. like you just show up with your wristband for the allotted time block, and you can eat from whatever vendor from whatever state you want. That. That is good. That is good. I I I will be watching 
this with great interest. I'm looking forward to hearing your report from this. Hopefully you get to go. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to do my best and then report back on next month's episode. It'll be an Ahsoka recap, and it'll be a barbecue reconnaissance, and it will also be shorter than three and a half hours. I promise you that. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> This is a marathon of an episode. I'm going to do our plugs and then close us out, buddy. How about that? Be sure to follow us on IPC Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to find the IPC on places like Patreon, Podbean, and Public. We are live monthly right here on the Zach the Voice Mixler page, but we're also available wherever podcatchers can be found. Google, iTunes, uh, CastBox. Um, the only place that we really have been having trouble with is Spotify, but there's basically so many other opportunities on other platforms to be able to catch up with us. So um, be sure to follow us on all of those platforms. Uh, I am Zach, the voice Z A C H the voice and uh, pretty much just doing this and sports stuff right now. So be sure to follow up on those socials. And if you're interested in hearing my voice do uh, football play by play, then be sure to uh, check out other times that I go live. Ben bring us home, buddy. Where can people find you? Yeah, well, they can find me personally at Ben Hart with no E. I really don't tweet anymore, if I'm being honest, but you can follow me at Ben Hart with no E on threads and Facebook and Instagram. Um, you can also follow the Star Wars Underworld at the SW. We're not really doing very much right now, um, as I mentioned, but um, we've got our Discord is uh, up and firing going. We're talking about Ahsoka and all kinds of stuff. We do weekly hangouts, do movie nights, game nights, all kinds of stuff. A lot of events going on over there. So if, if you see that things are kind of quiet on the public front, you just got to look a little bit deeper to the Discord. It's, it's a lot going on there. Um, and also go go follow at Culture Slate. Literally everything in the entertainment industry from strike news to what's been delayed today because there's a lot of news about that um, from Star Wars and everything down from Marvel and everything in between is, is there. So definitely check that out. Um, and yeah, most of the social media is me. That's, that's me. You, you see, you see it posted. It's probably me posting it. So, um, yeah. Um, plus we got a great team there too. I can't take all the credit, but, um, yeah, it's great to, uh, be back. And, uh, this was a heck of a lot of fun. I'm sorry that it went so long, but, um, Vintage. Hey, it, it, we, we, it was just, it was just necessary. Okay. We had a lot to talk about. It's been a long time. Um, Vintage. so, so, um, hopefully we won't be away so long next time. I will hopefully talk to you in a month or less and, uh, we'll have a lot more to discuss. <laughs> Steven. Hell yeah. 3.5 hour Ahsoka recap. You wish. <laughs> That is, oh, Lord. that is not going to happen. But we will be back in October, hopefully with some recon on that barbecue segment and with some very in-depth thoughts on Ahsoka. But that is going to do it for this very, very lengthy 365th episode of the IPC podcast. You're welcome. You've got a whole calendar year and then some's worth of IPC to listen to. But that is going to do it for us. Be sure to keep me in your thoughts as I go in for that uh, dental surgery tomorrow, folks. I'd appreciate your well wishes. And, uh, you know, you'll be able to find out how things went on the socials. So follow me there. And then we will see you all next month right here on the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. But for Ben Hart, I'm Zach Arnold signing off for now. And we'll see you all in October. But until then, good night, everyone. I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road 
When along came a semi with a high-end canvas covered load. If you're going to win a muckamack with me, you can ride. And so I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside. He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand, and I said, Listen, I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla. I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Boston, Charleston, Dayton, Louisiana, Washington, Houston, Kingston, Texas, County, Monterey, Faraday, Santa Fe, Tallapoosa, Glen Rock, Black Rock, Little Rock, Oskaloosa, Tennessee, Tennessee, Chicopee, Spirit Lake, Grand Lake, Devil's Lake, Crater Lake, Peach Lake. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Louisville, Nashville, Knoxville, Lompa, Baca, Shepherdville, Jacksonville, Waterville, Coastal, Rocket, Pittsfield, Springfield, Bakersfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellicoe, Argentina, Diamantina, Pasadena, Catalina, Seaquamina. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Pittsburgh, Parkersburg, Gravelburg, Colorado, Ellensburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Eldorado, Laramore, Atmore, Havistal, Chattanooga, Chaska, Nebraska, Alaska, Opelika, Baraboo, Waterloo, Kalamazoo, Kansas City, Sioux City, Cedar City, Dodge City, what a pity. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been everywhere.